we're not perfect. We think we know what we know, but there's a whole, you know, like infinite universe of things we don't know. And I think the, the, the best thing for me, like going forward is to stay curious about things that I'm interested in and to know that, Hey, I can always learn something new in life. And you know what I mean? I never want to cap my intelligence and thinking, I know everything I need to know. I'm better than everyone. I don't need to know anything else. Cause that's never going to happen. I'm always going to learn new things. Um, oh, new, for you. Yeah. Speak for yourself. Yeah. I'm, I know everything. Which is, which is I fine. know everything. I have nothing <laughs> which left is to fine, learn, Which man. is fine, man, for people. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? I think it's just like that should not like stop you from getting together with someone and experiencing and exchanging like, you know, what we're here to experience, which is life. I've always known like to some degree like this bullshit, this divide, these, you know, this power, this evil power has been in the world and I've been able to maneuver through it. But because all of this stuff happened within the past few years. Like, I'm in the fight now. And now I have, like, sturdy legs. <laughs> I have my feet planted on the floor in who I am and what I'm offering to the world. And if people don't recognize or vibe with that, cool. I'm not the one missing out. It all comes back for me. The sooner we realize we're all in this together, trying to have fun, mm -hmm. love each other, experience these new things without the external people telling us how to think and how to feel... We're going to experience and gain so many more beautiful things that life has to offer. It's all around us. It's just if, if we choose to get angry, up, upset, it is choices we're making. You know what I mean? We may get triggered and it may be something we're like, you know, automatically stuck in. But you can choose to step out of it. Yeah. But like right. the, way, the way we're doing it so far is not working. No. No. It's no. just a clusterfuck of shouting. It's all it is, really. Absolute clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> Stand up and make sure we're heard. Are we gonna hide or live life by our word? With integrity, we can be all that we can see in our mind's eye until we're finally free. We can become whatever we choose once we know the choice lies within me and you. Now's the time to wake up. No time for playing small. With a painful history and an uncertain future. Hello, and welcome to the Unapologetically Human podcast with me, your host, Dan Boyman. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a while, which over the course of my producing this podcast has often been the case. I've gone through periods of creation and putting out episodes and periods of distraction and avoidance, maybe hibernation, you could say. And often when it's been a while since I've put out an episode, I will take this opportunity in the introduction to the upcoming conversation to speak to that and give you a little bit of an update of what may have been going on in my life or what is going on in my life 
since I put out my last episode. But I think I'll spare you the details. I've been working crazy hours. I've been dealing with some health issues. And of course, the theme of this podcast is trying to understand myself and other people in this crazy world that we live in and things have been pretty uh pretty wild out there these days in uh the craziness going on in our society in societies across the world and so I won't go into detail with any of that right now. VJ and I talk about some of the things that are going on in our conversation. And I will just say, I do want to say that whoever's listening, I know everything's a lot. Everything going on you know if you're if you're on your phone if you're on social media like so many of us are if you're paying attention to geopolitics which it's harder for people not to these days with the ongoing wars and the political divides the upcoming elections all that kind of stuff it can be a lot and we all have our our personal challenges in our lives And so, from one human to another, just want to say, you're not alone. I'm going through shit. Pretty much everyone I know is going through some shit. The world is clearly going through some shit. And we're in this together. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. I just hope that you're able to take care of yourself as best as you can through all of the challenges that you may be going through and that we're witnessing the world go through together. And with that, let's get into the conversation. I had a conversation with my buddy Vijay probably a couple years ago, that was supposed to be a podcast episode quite a while back. And I unfortunately lost (laughs) that recording, which we talk about in this conversation. I was uh, glad to have him back on for another for another chat. We talk about a lot of things going on in the world in this conversation. I tell about how I lost our previous conversation We talk about a podcast I listened to, I'll share in the show notes, about the rise and fall of empires through history, including the cycles of stability and integration and the cycles of instability and disintegration that human beings going through, that society is going through. And we talk about listening to your inner voice, setting boundaries, and telling people to fuck off when necessary 
and the importance of having people in your life who you can have conversations with where you can disagree and you can have debates and you can challenge each other's thoughts and ideas and beliefs and not have it threaten the friendship, which is something that is sorely lacking in our world today that is a, a skill that we need to relearn and reintroduce and cultivate to talk about and to solve the problems that we're faced with. We talk about the importance of filling up your cup first. As we know, the saying goes, you can't, you can't give to other people, you can't pour into other people if you don't have a full cup yourself. And the need to stop people-pleasing and for us to find ways to live with each other despite our differences and to actually cultivate tolerance. And in the latter half of the episode, I go into some detail explaining to VJ some of the controversies surrounding Dr. Jordan Peterson and what he and others call compelled speech, how he's been demonized and vilified unjustly. I talk about what he and his actual philosophies are about and how we cannot have free societies without free speech. We talk about how people get wrapped up into ideologies because they attach their own identity to a set of beliefs and ideas which leads them to attack and demonize others who disagree with them because they see it as a, a personal attack on themselves. We talk about the history of psychological epidemics and how they disproportionately affect women due to biological and psychological vulnerabilities and much, much more. So as always, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode. And if you do or you want to provide feedback, it really helps other people find the show if you can leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or elsewhere. And I'd love to hear any feedback that you have about this episode or suggestions for future episodes. You can reach out to me on Instagram. My handles are in the show notes. And if you'd like to support the show, there are links for my Patreon and buy me a coffee in the show notes as well. Any, any help is appreciated. Ratings and reviews, much appreciated. Any feedback is appreciated. I really love to hear from people who've listened to the show to hear what you think, hear what you thought, or just to say hi to meet the listeners. So without further ado, I give you my conversation with my friend and fellow artist who I've done a few different leadership programs with, Vijay Maharaj. Let's go. Sounds good. Awesome. We will not be losing this conversation again. I just had to get that on recording now. Okay, so we're, we're recording. Solid agreement. Okay, good. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Well, I guess, yeah, we can kind of jump into it. So Sounds good. It, it, interesting, actually. Are you, are you familiar with Barry Weiss or the, her podcast, Honestly? 
Not really. No, I can't or say. Or have I you am. heard of the Free Press or seen like? I've heard of the Free Press. So yes. she's like the creator of the Free Press, and oh, she okay. has a podcast called Honestly that's like really, really good. Like her, I, like her newest episode is with this like I forget his name. I'm, I've only listened to the first ten minutes or so, but it's with this historian who it has like a background in like biological sciences and data science of, of some sort so that he's essentially turned studying history into a very data driven so that it's more scientific mm. basically and so when I like found the episode it was because she reposted somebody posting on her story saying like this is probably like the most fascinating talk I've ever heard and like Barry Weiss is probably like the best interviewer like they've they've ever heard and mm. I would say like she, she really is like she like her her ability to just like ask really good questions and um just like really get, go into the kind of details of what this person is about to, to ask questions and have a conversation with them mm-hmm. is like she's she's great but um oh I was thinking about that because she always, she, I, I think she always, I remember like sort of picking up on it when I listened to this one. She always like starts off being kind of like, Vijay Maharaj, welcome to the Unapologetically Human podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like she's like, but she says it like, welcome to the Honestly podcast. Awesome. But uh, yeah, so I always say this is a podcast about trying to understand ourselves each other and this crazy fucked up modern world that we're living in better and so yeah like uh i i've kind of already mentioned i don't have anything in particular planned for us yeah. to talk about no today. itinerary really just no freestyling i do yeah i don't have any any like questions queued up for you or anything we're just two <laughs> friends hanging out having a chat <laughs> And I'm sure there will be topics of, of interest that, uh, that we'll touch on. I guess we could start out, though, um, explaining that this is podcast number two for VJ and I. He, <laughs> actually, his, his first episode was supposed to come out uh, before the last two episodes. But when I went to edit it, I... I almost overwrote it because i basically have a template file that has sort of all of the tracks set up for Mm -hmm. intro outro a spot for us to record our conversation and so i like it's interesting because most of my conversations recently have been zoom recordings so Mm. i'm just downloading the recording off zoom and then i'm popping it into the file and editing it from there and then editing it but our conversation like right now is in person Mm. like like last time was in person so i already had the file Mm -hmm. with the recording but I had since updated my template file to do some EQing on the vocals and stuff. So I went to essentially like save the template to put like our conversation into. And this is a bit of a PSA for like how not to fucking lose a recording in a way that you didn't think was possible. <laughs> so I almost did like the, the, the obvious thing not to do that will clearly like fuck it over. I almost took the template file and when I went to like save that as to save it for our conversation Mm -hmm. I almost just accidentally overwrote our whole existing file and conversation Mm -hmm. but I caught myself I didn't do that 
and then I took the the recording file out of our file open the new template file that I like saved for our conversation and I put it in there and now I'm thinking okay I've copied it I'm good mm. I put it into the new template file and now I can just save it and you know that this is actually funny because I had a couple things or a few things around the time th that this happened where I, I didn't listen to my intuition. I didn't listen to that little voice being like, you should do this or you shouldn't do this. And I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. And like one of the things that happened was like, sure enough. <laughs> well, like, like, you know, what, one thing was like innocuous. Like I went to work one day and I'm like in my head, I'm like, you should really bring like your raincoat today. Like, yeah. And I'm like, or, or no, it was a sweater. Cause I'm like, it'll be, it was like, you know, springtime. It'll be cold once I'm like leaving work. It was yeah. going to be a nice day. And sure enough, later and, on in the day. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, no, I think it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. And no, what actually happened was that was like, you know how when, um, when, it, it, whenever like spring and, and nice weather comes around for us here in like Southern Ontario, mm -hmm. it kind of like gets nice for like a week or two and then it gets cold again and then it gets nice for a week or two and gets cold. It's again. basically a roller coaster of fluctuations in the weather and everything. It's just like what make up your mind universe. So, like, what, so you want me what, to feel what happened <laughs> on this fateful day though, was that I was leaving my house and my brain is like, you should really bring like your jacket or your sweater because it mm. might be cold after work. But the past three days weren't cold after work. And I was like, it'll be fine. And I didn't bring it. Mm. And then that night we had the fucking weird polar vortex thing came through that was like actually out of the ordinary. Was that, what, was that what, like the snowstorm with the lightning? It wasn't, it wasn't like that. It just was like a, a weird, unusual, even for the sort of nice weather, cold weather fluctuations that we have in spring. Mm -hmm. This was like a, an unusually cold mm. like front that came in. So I didn't bring my fucking jacket or sweater. I was wearing shorts and it went down to minus two that night. Interesting. And I'm like, <laughs> and so that night I'm like, fuck, I should have fucking listened to that voice, man. <laughs> and so what happened with your podcast episode, I opened the template, I copied the sound recordings. There was f like several of them. Yeah. We had sort of the test and the, you know, the pause for something. And I copied them all into the old file or into the new file. And then I think I've, I've copied it. Yeah. It's fine. And in my brain, it's like, save it as a new file. Don't overwrite the old file. But in my head, I'm like, but I copied it. So it's fine. So I didn't listen to that voice. I tried to just resave it over mm. the original file. But what happened, which I realized after, because I reopened it and it, it had the files looking like they were in there. But when I tried to play it, it came up with this error that I had never seen before that said it like it couldn't find the original files. Mm. So rather than, you know, I thought I almost just, overwrote the whole file and then I caught myself and didn't mm. do it and then I copied the files and thought I was good and I didn't fucking save it as a second <laughs> file like I thought I, sh I should just in case because I was like just in case if I save it as a second file mm -hmm. there won't be an issue no matter what yep. but for me for some reason I think I was like low on space on my computer and that will be like a you know three gig extra file or something Yeah, and I'm like no I like I, I need I did totally didn't need the space man. I need the space 
And so I fucking, I'm like, it'll be fine. I've copied it. But because the actual original files, of yeah. the, the recording files, mm. were attached to that file when I overwrote it, <laughs> it essentially <laughs> didn't actually have a new copy mm. of those recordings. I see. So... <laughs> It, it looked like they were still there. But long I, story short, trust your inner voice, everybody. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Like, super long, super long explanation. But yeah, yeah, so I fucking lost that. I was so pissed, too, when it happened because it, I was like... I, I mean, I figured it kind of worked out for both of us, right? Because even, like, when we left, I mean, just, like, I just... When my mind is a lot more clear without the influence of alcohol, not like we drank, like... Well, we had like we two, had like two, two exactly, beers. and like I was considering I'm not much of a drinker. That's sometimes it's all it takes for me to like not so much be foggy, <laughs> just like not articulate <laughs> clearly how I'm feeling in the moment. You know what I mean? Mm, it dilutes I, it a little bit. I remember you mentioning that, and yeah. I was sort so so he was essentially saying like, okay, like that's it's it's not that big of a deal that it got lost. Like he wasn't pissed at all. I was pretty pissed. Cause I was like excited to, No, I was actually excited that it got deleted to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was excited to revisit that conversation and to edit it and to share it. Like, yeah. I really actually do enjoy the, the whole process of, of creating. And then when it was lost, it was like, fuck, like lost that. Like it was a two hour conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, yeah, you had mentioned that like, you sort of had this feeling that maybe you didn't articulate yourself as well as you would have liked to, or maybe you articulated something that you would have like sort of changed how you said something or you left something out or the, and those types of thoughts, my response to you sort of, especially being on the creation side of the episodes I've created where I'm really like listening to my whole fucking conversation Mm -hmm. and having those feelings. I'm kind of like you, I, I feel like you would be surprised. Like, had I not lost the conversation and I had have shared that conversation, because you're probably going to have similar feelings about this one. Because no, we'll a, see. I guess we'll see. Because that's a natural thing <laughs> for people to, to feel, uh-huh. right? But I feel like you'd be surprised at if you, if or when you actually hear the conversation again, that that doesn't like bear out yeah to be true or even if it is in some sense it's like it's it's i never... mean i mean that year because that was 2022 when we did it right and like not even a couple of months ago i actually yeah more than 2022 and like i feel like that was the toughest year for me because i think that's when like i was starting to buckle after trying to keep the you know the positivity and the faith high for just not just myself but for everyone else around me and i think that year i was a lot more like starting to buckle like 2023 so far i feel like it's been the first year for me to actually get back to living my life with the fun that i remember that i've always had and mm. it's come with it's like i i needed to acknowledge all the things i think for a majority of the time i've been trying to like still maneuver around it not really cutting through it you know what i mean so i'm a lot more like this year has been a game changer of a year for me in many different ways. So I'm a lot more like confident and just outwardly spoken about, I guess, lots of what's going on in the world right now, because it's just, we need to be able to have these kinds of conversations with each other and like be in a conversation and not just, you know what I mean? Like trying to lift each other up through just being aware of what's going on around us, you know what I mean? And just making sure we're all helping each other grow properly and just, uh, yeah. Well, and just to sort of touch on, what what I recollect and I, I'm curious what, what you recollect from that conversation just mm-hmm. to sort of fill in a bit of like like a gap is basically and, and this was you know I wanted to have you on because I like to have conversations with friends that I enjoy talking to obviously but mm-hmm. also you know you were working for Canada Post mm-hmm. you refused 
to get vaccinated mm-hmm. and lost your job and well not lost just put well, on put on a leave without we're pay put on yeah. a leave without pay basically with, not working for you know, almost a year yeah right with with like you know a lot of people experienced similar things over the course of the pandemic and the lockdowns and the vaccine mandates and stuff mm-hmm. so i wanted to and we we talked a lot about your experience with that whole thing and obviously we got and and I don't want to get too deep into that for this conversation, obviously, because we don't want to try to recreate that conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, th- I also think to some degree we're kind of like not like you and me. I guess I guess the whole world is kind of moving move past, past it. it. Yeah, a little, exactly. A little bit because yeah. we also like we really talked a lot about how fucked up so many things were around the pandemic and yeah. the masking mandates and the lockdowns and the vaccine mandates yeah. and the the political divides on every single one of these issues and the demonization of mm-hmm. those who didn't get vaccinated. I ended up getting vaccinated for a number of reasons and I, I've never had any of these like feelings or the the media really was pushing a lot of this a lot, dude. Uh, against, a lot, like yeah. against the unvaccinated, saying like "fuck them, let them die." Like that fucking oh headline that was think, on the Toronto Star. I don't think anybody's ever gonna forget that, man. No. Like, how was that allowed to be published? First of all, so, you know what I mean? So like, insane, like what uh, what happened? So yeah, like we ended up like we really went deep on that. Do you do you remember anything else we talked about in that? Conversation? I think well, we brushed up on that. I think um, also my involvement in um, just in going to the Freedom Convoy, and I guess like right. I think. Uh, what from what um, my account was just like how I've been able to stay afloat I guess like not so much financially but also just mentally mm. for myself in terms of like just not so much keeping my reality well yeah keeping my reality intact but also reminding people of hey like it's just um, you know like because lots of what you just brushed up on in terms of like the psychological and the political divide there's still I feel still, still feel like there's a lot of deep like separation between people that kind of still exists oh, mentally probably more than probably, last time we talked yeah on a and lot like, of fronts and right? it was i think it, for me it was a lot of mentioning how i've been able to just, just um remind people of um you know how our lives were before all of this shit happened there was still that unity and that connection that everybody's still in touch with we just had to remember through having conversation and be willing to listen to one another and you know just remembering that well basically like your shirt more love. <laughs> I, wrote, I wore this shirt because I knew you would like this shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting that you say that about like the sort of more unity or, or less like conflict before mm-hmm. the pandemic and stuff. The uh, the podcast that I was referencing, honestly, with uh, I think the guy's name is David Turchin, and he's like this like science. like scientifically data-driven historian essentially Mm -hmm. okay and he wrote a book and they're talking a lot about like the book called like end times and what he has essentially done basically one of the things that they talk about first and and that he sort of a, a big part of this book that he wrote and uh that she she asked him about is that he predicted in 2010 that the U.S. would hit a peak of like political instability and violence and and stuff like that in 2020. Interesting. He, he predicted that in 2010, and so obviously when anybody predicts anything, and and he even says how like you know people don't want to make negative predictions because everyone like a if it's you're going to be challenged on it. Yeah. 
And if it proves to be untrue, then you're going to be criticized. And if it proves to be true, like no one wants to believe it anyway, because everyone wants to believe that like <laughs> everything's going to be okay and we're going to get through shit and like society's not going to collapse. But, you know, one of the things he, he talks about is it's like you look at the, you know, history of different countries and empires and rise and fall over like long spans of history. But even like the instability of the u.s alone from mm -hmm. the separation from the the uk and fight for its independence to like the civil war and these like really big sort of calamities that happen they obviously like they don't follow like a super rigid timeline but mm -hmm. human society which people have you know been philosophizing about and talking about theorizing about for millennia is that we are we're cyclical like we go through these cycles like the idea that it's like you know when we have good times it's like it's like good strong men create good times and good times create weak, weak men, men and weak mm -hmm. men create bad times and bad times create strong men again who create good times again and, and like we go through these cycles and we go through sort of like cycles of stability and integration and cycles of instability and disintegration mm. and and so one of the major parts of his prediction for 2020 to sort of have that peak back into like a disintegration and and turmoil and instability is that like there there is these peaks essentially in like 1770 and 1820 and around 1870 and around 1920 and around 1970 so he's like we're probably gonna have something happen again around 2020 it's not like he predicted like we're going to have a pandemic that's going to spark this or that but it's like we're due for some shit man. <laughs> <laughs> like like this is what uh. humans do right I mean, if anyone who predicted something accurately, I believe it was Chris Guy. You know what I mean? Just like in terms of like what was coming, the lockdowns and masking, and they're going to include, they're going to do all these things and take away our freedoms, which basically is exactly what happened. I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember seeing that, but he was in Dundas Square when it was happening. And then he basically said on the camera what was happening within the past few years. <laughs> in yeah, like 20, yeah. Into early 2020, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not like, I, I think I know who you're talking about because he ran for mayor recently yep, and i him, saw yeah. i saw signs like it's like chris sky like sakoshia yeah like, yeah something like that and i thought you know like, he's like a fucking character too and he's he a hundred percent no at the same like and that's that was my first impression of him and then you know like the more he appeared on camera the more i like you know i started paying attention a little bit right but like at the same time he's also educating us on what's coming and uh, you know we need to tap into our inner you know our our lone wolves and our you know our our lying selves and just like know what it's like to just think for ourselves and just to question question something if you don't agree with it you know what i mean maybe not at the way the rate he was delivering it <laughs> yeah he, that's why yeah. i said he's a character he's like, a he's yeah quite, uh, <laughs> he's quite quite intense well he's he's like an andrew tate like he gets like super demonized for the way he delivers mm -hmm. things even more than than what he's delivering sometimes yeah. he definitely had a role to play in all of this and whether people got something positive or negative from it like you know just i, for, I mean at least for me it's just i can't really uh tell you which side of it i stand on i just i mean i have gratitude that he did what he did I, again i think everybody had a role to play in this to move people forward or you know uh, make people want to keep their heads still buried in the sand with it all you know what i mean i think that's like i think that's for me, that's the, the troubling thing 
now is just as much as I'm enjoying and remembering what it's like to live and love my life again, there's mm. still people who like at some point in somewhere deep down in their psyche, they have their head buried in the sand of all this shit. And maybe it's just, and then, and who am I to say it? Like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You know what mm. I mean? I mean, I think for me going forward is just making sure I'm, I'm living my life as I see fit, inspiring people the way I want to, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, I guess maybe you kind of got this from me, but as much of a softy as I am, like, sometimes you need to really invoke your right to say fuck you to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, well, it's like that idea that it's like, like, you can be a kind and a compassionate and a loving person and mm-hmm. still tell people to fuck off and mm-hmm. set boundaries. And and that's like one of the things that, for instance, it's like, you know, even even mentioning the name Andrew Tate, Mm-hmm. For for some people, if if they're listening to this and they hear that, they might oh already tune out exactly and, and and make all sorts of like snap judgments and stuff based on what I would say like has happened with with so many people like it's so easy to take a clip out of a long conversation mm-hmm. out of context, especially if there's context around that clip that actually makes that clip mean the opposite of what was said surrounding it which is literally Mm -hmm. things that are being done to many people but people like andrew tate it's like he's called a misogynist and and like a woman hater and that he's like almost like how like you know socrates back in the day was put to death to like the trial that he was ended up being put to death like the charge against him was essentially like corrupting the minds of the youth of Athens and if you listen to people talk about what he was actually doing was getting people to think for themselves Mm -hmm. to question authority Mm -hmm. to question sort of the dictates of what those in power were putting on them and on the society Mm -hmm. and 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 he was deemed to be corrupting the minds of the youth because he was getting people to question power and authority Mm -hmm. of people who didn't want to have their power and authority questioned and and so they get sort of like lambasted with these like labels and in in his case he was put to death and they gave him sort of like time to get out of town it was kind of like a threat to you know where we're we're gonna charge you with this bogus trial and and the if you're convicted which you will be because the systems are corrupt sound familiar yeah anything, <laughs> to anything these days we're gonna put you to death yep. but it's kind of it was kind of like you know jordan peterson talks about this story about socrates who it's like unlike jesus who is unsure if this was a in fact a real person who existed or it's, it's stories about about something we know socrates existed mm-hmm. we know okay. we know for a fact that this was a human being he's one of the most famous stoics and philosophers that have ever existed and this this story happened to him hmm. it is utterly like unquestioned as to have been a real series of events that happened to a real person it's like in jordan peterson's another person who has these like you know things taken out of context to paint him as something that he isn't yeah but basically it's like he he talks about how like essentially this was kind of like trying to run socrates out of town being like we don't like what you're doing standing up to us and our power basically and educating these and educating yeah. yeah educating people 
uh, out of you know being able to think critically out mm. of the essentially propaganda that's being fed to which us. is essentially what people like Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson are doing you know what right I mean? well I that's think, why yeah. I bring both of them yeah. up and, and relate it to this he ended up because you know it's actually interesting going back to that listening to that voice inside he there there's they, they essentially he called his inner voice a daemon which is essentially thinking like a like a, a, a another word for like a, a demon or that's where the word demon comes from but not not in like a negative evil possession kind of way okay just that like the conscience was this like voice in his head that mm-hmm. wasn't him per se it's like it was a voice that's talking to him that he could either choose to listen to or and and, and abide by kind of like a, a, an intuition from or, his future or, something or, like no, that. or, or ignore well <laughs> yeah. it's like it's synonymous with like our conscious mind right? yeah and basically one of the reasons why he was so famous is that he was said to have he didn't necessarily always do what his inner voice or his conscience told him to do but he was like religiously like rigid essentially or committed to listening to it when it told him not to do something interesting hmm. and and that made him like this this really good person who's been remembered for thousands of years because of the level of conviction and commitment to his values essentially mm-hmm. are part of part of that reputation and so when when you know the the powerful in Athens who were trying to run him out of town they kind of gave him like six months notice like we're gonna put you on trial in six months it's kind of like a <laughs> you know we don't really want to kill you but you're you're annoying us so and we're gonna <laughs> so it was kind of like we're giving you plenty of time yeah get out of town mm-hmm. basically and so his friends and his family are all like yo get out of town yeah man. which is basically like, what they're doing with like well i think what they did with the tate brothers and what they're trying to do with jordan peterson right now right so, in, in a lot of ways yeah. right they're like you know they're like they're like get out of town and so he was like yeah i should probably get out yeah. of town and so I'm, like, I'm glad that there's there's enough there was like enough of an uproar in the city for people like defending jordan peterson man because like i mean i'm i still consider myself a newbie into paying attention to some of his his listenings and his teachings and everything but like i feel if I, I feel like when people, exactly what you say, when people hear Jordan Peterson or Andrew Tate, like so many triggers just spiral off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like when, like, and even when they're listening to videos, it's like, okay, but like you're listening to these people through the filter of your trigger. You know what I mean? Because like, I feel well, it's like. It's also being disingenuinely things are pulled out of context. And, yeah. And of downright course. lies that like, I, I've listened, I've saw Jordan Peterson live on a lecture nice. on his 12 rules for life. And it was one of the best like talks I've ever heard. And it had like next to nothing to do with the things that he is painted mm-hmm. as this right wing fucking evil super Nazi. No, of course not. I think like if you pay enough, if you're paying to go see him, you're going there to listen. Right. But, I, <laughs> but it's like, but I've listened to countless lectures of his. And I think just think, I think that's the problem though. I think lots of people are just not. And it's not so much that they're not capable of having that deep listening. I just think like once you're triggered, you shut off everything immediately. But you so many mean? things in yeah. in the mainstream are are slanderous. Lies of course, that people yeah. Believe. Like for like, I've gotten quite a number of conversations. Well, yeah, no, well, yeah, the Freedom Convoy is a perfect example of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So. Well, well I, like I've gotten quite a number of conversations with people about Jordan Peterson, where the second his name is mentioned, they 
get triggered and sort of shut off and then start yeah. acting like I'm some right-wing Nazi. How could I possibly like yeah, like this guy yeah. or listen to him? He's clearly such a a hateful right-wing people, misogynist. People don't like stuff. people don't like hearing that um, you know you have an opinion different from someone else's. Right. Basically, but the thing the thing is it. that like you know like like there's been a few friends that these experiences ha- have happened with, but it happened with my older brother one time. And it kind of gave me like a, oh no, not you too, who has some rigid opinion about this guy that's based on what I know to be factually lies. Yeah. And, and that I know that whatever, this is my brother. Yeah, exactly. Like I know him. I know what he's like. I know what his interests are like. I know how he lives his life. Mm -hmm. And I know that he's not informed in any deep, way about who this person is and i know there's basically a zero percent chance that he's ever listened to him talk in any length capacity and that he has made a rigid opinion based on a mainstream slander of him of which i i like to make up my beliefs and my opinions off of the best knowledge that i can so i actively seek out differing opinions which is good because right? lots of people just follow what so, they see on so here on tv I, I right? have so like literally read every single hit piece against jordan peterson and i'm not i'm not he's not a god he's not to be worshipped i just he, it's not I like just he, feel it's like, not like there's no valid criticism toward him or tate or these people yeah but i know for a fact that the way he's being portrayed is slanderous and, yeah. and lies. For instance, my brother sent me a article about him from Vox, which is a left-wing publication, which most mainstream media are, are left-leaning, like most institutions are, for a variety of reasons. But he's like, oh, is, is this stuff in this article not true? I don't think there's anything in this article that's not true. And I read it, mm-hmm. and I'm like... There's almost not a single truthful thing in this article. It's not that there's like nothing at all that's true, but it's utterly taken out of context and it's clearly painted as a hit piece. And mind you, I'm like, I've listened to so many like in-depth conversations of him in particular Mm -hmm. where it's like the guy's a fucking clinical psychologist and he was a psychology professor at Harvard and U of T over the course of fucking... 20 plus years for both his teaching and his mm-hmm. his clinical practice as a psychologist and he's giving so the guy knows some shit right and it's like and he's giving really <laughs> deep philosophical and psychological explanations yes for of course. all of the most challenging things not only to like understand yeah. but also that humans have been fighting about forever because one of the things that he has focused his whole career on has been to understand what happened in the 20th century in Nazi Germany mm-hmm. and in the Soviet Union, in communism, in in China, and like in, I think it was Cambodia with Pol Pot, and to understand like how could humans possibly have done these horrific, horrific things, and not to mention... We created these weapons of utter annihilation for ourselves that we, to this day, are continuing to point at each other with the the countries that we disagree with, primarily Mm -hmm. 
the US and NATO countries and Russia yeah. and China. And now look what's happening with like the Ukraine war. Like we, we, these are things that humans have been like getting into violently Holocaust destructive fights for essentially like we've kind of always been doing this, but now we're at mm-hmm. the point where we have these weapons that have such capacity to like destroy our entire civilization especially with like the production of ai coming out man like that shit's scary right i like imagine forfeiting your own intelligence for artificial intelligence you know i I mean mean, there's lots of reasons that it's going to be like a good thing and there's lots of reasons that it's like potentially dangerous but that's a that's a side we can pop into but basically it's like this is this is a human being who jordan peterson who has spent his life trying to understand how humans could possibly have done the most horrific things that they've ever done, Mm -hmm. all of which the most recent have been the worst in the 20th century. So in the past hundred years, World War One, World War Two, the Cold War, we're still fucking pointing nukes at each other with the mutual, you know, it's like the reason we haven't used them after the US dropped them on Japan twice is that term mutually assured destruction that if we use them again we are mutually assured to destroy our civilization and i don't know if you've heard this but the the atomic bombs that were dropped on hiroshima and nagasaki are bombs of a size that are are counted in sort of like megatons of of whatever the ammunition sort of is on it yeah the um i think it's like the atomic bombs were first and I think the H-bomb, like a hydrogen bomb, that I might not be correct on the terminology here, but I am correct on this, that the newer nukes, of which mostly is what the US and like Russia are armed with, mm-hmm. uses the atomic bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which infinite or like instantly incinerated hundreds of thousands of people and, and entire massive cities mm-hmm. to rubble. The newer, bigger bombs use those bombs as their ignition source. They're that Inter- much bigger. Interesting. They're wow. that, they're that mm. much bigger. Like, like cool. insanely bigger, right? And so he has been trying to answer for himself how could, how could humans have done this and how could we still be, you know, under the threat of now with the Ukraine war, the mm-hmm. proxy war of the West and US and NATO against Russia, a, a threat of, of possibly, like, you know annihilating ourselves yeah and and because he has taken essentially like some positions that people don't like or people don't agree with in his understanding and explanation of how this has happened what actually happened in nazi germany Mm -hmm. how did regular people become the prison guards of auschwitz and these other fucking nazi concentration camps and what actually happened in the Soviet Union? How did regular people do the absolutely horrific things that they did? And how is it related to what's happening today? And how could we possibly stop ourselves from going down this path again, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like this... My, my experience of this person is that he's a, a deeply knowledgeable person who has really quite noble values towards the things he's trying to understand and explain Mm -hmm. and prevent 
but because people think he's being so-called transphobic because he doesn't want the government to have the power to compel people's speech, to force people to use specific types of language, which he makes a distinguishing... Um, like, he, he draws a line between, like, you know, we have laws against hate speech. Yeah. And that's that's fine. It's it's more understandable. Like, it makes sense. You can't I feel say it, certain it's, things. Yeah, it's more like, it's more like you know, just um, uh, having, like... What am I trying to say? I don't know. Basically, just trying to correct correct every single word and sentence and phrase we need to say to each other just for uh, inclusivity. Well, that's you know kind of what what's mean? happening now. Exactly. That he like, doesn't just, agree with. And, and, right? and it's just like, if you don't feel inclusive when people are being spoken to, it's like, I don't, like, you know, I don't think, like, you know, raising hell or raising this war that's going on everywhere in the world is the way to do it. You know what I mean? I feel like... People, if you want to engage with someone and if someone accidentally, like, mispronounces your gender, I don't think that's something enough for people to fly off the handle. You know what I mean? I just, I feel like when, if you're in conversation with someone, I feel like when, as soon as people are triggered, they forget to be in a conversation. And, you know, at some point it's just like, okay, now we're just yeah, flinging. Yeah, well, they now shut down and yeah. they don't listen. And now, and like, then. we have invisible snowballs and we're flinging our intelligence at each other. You know what I mean? Instead of just actually, like getting to the bottom or just being in the, in the conversation with people. What, like my impression with Jordan Peterson, like I feel like he's, he's hardwiring us to just the topics that, and just the, the ways of thinking that are going to make us stronger in the end of well, whatever he our lives. a lot about personal responsibility and there's so many people on the politically correct side. Yeah. You know, leftist left, far left leaning political Radical, which I'm neither, radical political yeah, which I'm neither or man I'm neither it's, left or it's, right it's just, like these questions all about rights yeah. like there's so many like you can't violate my rights and there's like such a lack of of conversation or acceptance of mm-hmm. that rights come with responsibilities yeah right mm-hmm. and so that's a massive part that of like his entire thing that he talks about is that like you we want meaning and purpose in our life and mm-hmm. you get meaning and purpose through shouldering the suffering that comes with life because you know we all our parents are all gonna die our friends are all yeah. gonna die we're all gonna die dude people our, get like, sick and our grandparents go insane. our grandparents had it significantly worse than we do we have oh, yeah. so many advancements in technology and technology and just like it, we had we do have it easier and um you know it's uh, with people like with jordan peterson and andrew tate like they're just like i the way i it's it's all about how you you choose to listen you can choose to listen to the filter of your triggers or like just look at what they're trying to educate you towards you know what i mean with for all the posts you see on andrew tate about like oh him and being a woman hater i saw this one where he's talking about grandparents it's like your grandmother gave my grandmother um i'm just saying for my gave birth to five children i have three uncles and two ants and they created this wide spectrum of a family and like you know what i mean and this is him saying this so i'm listening to this and like after after that reel that i saw i had significantly much more respect and gratitude for my last grandmother because mm-hmm. like the family oh, it's wild to think wild like, they're yeah. just and that little bit of, per, of a perspective change like. yeah and that little bit of a shift in the different perspective can add so much like release to you if you're letting to will it in but if you're still gonna put up a front just because someone says something you don't agree with man just it's it really worth or it or you saw a 30 second video of this person where it is being painted that this is who this person is yeah taken out of context of what may have been or what was said around that and 
that often can literally make the understanding reverse to what the person is actually saying, which is mm-hmm. often done. Yeah. It's like, you know, Patrick Bet David is is a guy has a platform called Valuetainment and he's like a really great interviewer. Valuetainment, and, that's a good one. And <laughs> when Andrew Tate first got banned off of social media, mm-hmm. Patrick Bet David and a co-host of, of his had they went to Romania to Andrew Tate's home. Yeah. And this was before the charges and and whatnot. And they had a five hour long conversation with him. And at this point, I personally had seen a few clips here and there of Andrew Tate. Didn't mm-hmm. think much of him. Yeah. I didn't know much, but yeah. started hearing sort of like these percolations of, oh, there's this dude who's getting famous and he's being a woman hater, misogynist, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets kicked off all of the platforms. And then I'm kind of like, well, I already listened to this guy, Patrick Bet David, his podcast. Yeah. I really like him and his, his interviews and stuff. And it's like, we're, we're having a, a five hour long podcast <laughs> with Andrew Tate. And I'm like, I kind of want to see like who this guy is. So I have the luxury to listen to podcasts at work all day. So I, nice. I have a lot of time that other people don't have, mm-hmm. but it's like, I listen to this five hour podcast. So it's like I get five hours to listen to this person speak about all sorts of different things. None of which is taken out of context in some 30 second video Yeah. of which I have a podcast with hours upon hours of me talking. You don't think I already have it in my head that if somebody doesn't like me and they decide to come after me because they don't like something that I say or something that I believe that they disagree with, Mm -hmm. that they can't go onto my podcast and find something that I'm saying that they could put in a 30 second clip and take out of context to demonize me. Of course. Of course they could. Yeah. <laughs> but not only that, even, even just the effort to do that, you know but what I mean? People are it's, doing that. I know like people are crazy, doing it, but it's just man. like, if you don't like something someone's saying, stop listening. <laughs> it's, 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 right. you know what I mean? But, it's just, but it's, so much of what's happening in our culture now is people that people are just addicted to their own pain and suffering, man. It's like, they don't even see are, it. are painting it as if anything and everything that people say like Jordan Peterson or Andrew Tate or anyone else who yeah. doesn't agree with left wing politics of which there is massive support behind only left-wing political positions in the media and the government and largely academia has been taken over by left-wing academics pumping out activists that have gone into the media and corporations and government and Mm -hmm. shit and the entire power structures and apparatus also not only do they only support left-wing political positions for the most part mm-hmm. except for outliers like fox news is sort of like it's like it's like everyone the new york times msnbc all these other major platforms are on the left side and then you have like fox as an outlier and some smaller like outlets that are on sort of like the right-wing side yeah but all the mainstream demonizes the anything to be considered right wing which many people who consider themselves to be lifelong liberals who don't agree with the farthest left politics yeah. are demonized as being center or center right and now I, as I well. Do, I do right? I do remember this from the last uh, from our last podcast and it, what it was was like I think people as soon as people just grasp it sooner that we're literally on on the same side trying to make this life work for each other like we're all going to get along yeah. so much well so well off. I mean like all these little nitpicky like 
um, you know, differences of opinion that we have with each other. Is it, is, is it really worth it at the end of the day? Remember that thing we learned in the class is like, do you, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think for a vast majority of like my life, I've always strived to be happy. You I want to be right. like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be right. Uh, no. <laughs> that's, but that's a vast majority that's of ego. like where I've, I've stood in, in all of this that's been going on for the past few years. It's like, okay, you chose to get the vaccine. Cool. Can we still hang out? You know what I mean? People like me. No, you're unsafe. It, yeah. Yeah. You're people, dangerous. people like me are okay. Let's uh, people like me, uh, unvaccinated are uh, going to kill their grandmothers. I've been living with my grandmother since the beginning of this year. And I guarantee yeah. you, her energy levels has spiked up because her grandson is living with her, oh, reminding of, of her of all the years that we've grown up, and it's it's that's it's that disconnect that's still in the psyche of every no not everyone I meet like my friends and everything, but like there's still people and strangers I see who are still masking up, and I have oh compassion. I have compassion for them. I try I have my some best to have compassion for them, but also it just blows of my course, mind. Of course, yeah, because like the stu- it's like there's the stupid, the stupid, the stupidity comes first. It's like obviously, why are you doing that? And then I I shift in immediately because like they're I still feel bad for yeah, them. they're still afraid and they're still well, believing the narrative. It's a, there's, know, a, like, there's a combination of it being some of the like lingering effects are that people are afraid and they're they're still afraid but they're mm-hmm. also still virtue signaling and feeling like they're doing the right thing and they're a good person they're yeah. still masking the pandemic's not over but like when i see people especially even like during the height of the pandemic your jokes about like when you see like a, a dude or a woman whoever but they're like in a car driving by themselves With and they're wearing on. a mask you're like mask you're on, like yeah. fuck like these people have been traumatized yeah. and scarred but you know that's two, where the compassion comes two years in, right? on yeah. though that like people are still like when i see someone walking alone outside yeah with a mask on it makes me like feel so bad for them yeah and also just think it, it makes me feel a lot yeah. of things even even but when with it's uh, like this is like insane. even with the forest the, the smoke from the forest fires you know i still didn't wear a mask you know what i mean like i mean it's i know like that was like because i remember i was out for work uh, I think it's on the worst you're, day. You're fucking right wing. It's the worst day it happened. You could actually <laughs> feel like oxygen was sucked out of the air. It was actually pretty bad that day. I remember yeah. that. But like wearing a mask is not going to help that. You're decreasing your lung capacity to take in these toxins and filter it out. And not only that, like well, cardio- depending on what mask yeah, you have. But but like, and they've even said like that's that is a doctor's fucking mask you know what i mean if you're better off going and actually getting like a mini respirator if you're gonna do that but uh it's just it's shit like that like i feel like in times like this like you really do have to be your own doctor in many different ways you know what i mean and just, oh, obviously you break your arm go to a doctor get a cast but in yeah, terms of we like, have to learn how to take care of ourselves preventatively to be healthy and exactly. not have to go to doctors and western allopathic medica- Ex- like medicine to fix the problems that are already there exactly like, exactly and yeah. they tried they tried saying that at etobicoke general hospital there was an outbreak of covid <laughs> recently like a week ago who yeah. is who Who's is allowed who is allowed in that hospital not the unvaccinated right they won't see us if we're not unvaccinated people have been denying like what kidney transplants because they're not vaccinated i guarantee you they're still yeah seeing like that shit and it's just shit like, like that insane. and like and for everybody knowing like i was i participated in the freedom convoy to speak on behalf of those who are put on leave without pay because you know we were working all through the pandemic 
all through the worst years of it, and all of a sudden we were a threat. And if it, yeah, yeah, if especially this, doctors and nurses, exactly working through the pandemic with all the people who were sick, exactly. Got, some of them got COVID, which they now have natural immunity, which has been like the best thing you can have exactly. since forever, dude. The and, first time, and then and then they're fired from their jobs yeah. for refusing to take uh, medication that they're the most fucking experts to know the actual like details of is this something safe that i want to take and then them deciding not to and then administrators the first time the first time i got deciding that they're fired the first time i got covid i think it was like the uk variant and that shit sucked like i've never felt anything like that but like i caught it again like i caught it in april 2021 that's when i caught it the first time and i did catch it again uh about half a year later beat it in two days yeah, you I got know a mild, I, mean? like, I got a fairly mild every, version. Yeah. I was down for one day, and pretty it, fucking terribly. And again, it's it's just how you take care of yourself. They're telling they were and that telling was us being to, vaccinated. There, there you go. <laughs> and there, and it's, at the same time, it's also how you're taking care of yourself. You know what I mean? They tell us to stay inside. You know how therapeutic it is to go lay on the grass, man. You're getting well, the energy from the earth well, going and, through your body and like and shutting everything. down outdoor fucking gyms and stuff. Like you know yeah. those like gyms that are at like like parks and shit. Yeah, and yeah. Like, um, but. I want to I wanna go back to a couple things because, like, we have... Th- this is interesting because, like, it's so easy during a conversation to leave loops mm-hmm. that are unclosed, basically, because we, like... Well, I think it's all go, tying in. I think it's all tying into this. I think it's all tying into the same thing, right? Well, because it is. Like, it's it believing. Is, it's I, believing certain narratives so that just aren't true. And I, at the I'm same just time, saying just, I want to just pull pull back mm. to to actually kind of close some loops that I I'm like able to still remember because often I forget these. I've been sober for the last four months, so my memory might be a little bit better from <laughs> not smoking weed recently. That's good. Um, but so basically, like one of the things you were saying is how you know like how when we disagree on all these things that we're talking about one of the things that has been happening recently and and, you know especially over the course of the pandemics the mandates the trucker convoy the the, agitates the jordan petersons the the, you know war in ukraine all, all these things is like we have come to a place where if you disagree with someone then at least some people are demonizing yeah. each other as, and and unable to speak, unable mm-hmm. to communicate, just writing people off. And yep. and the one thing that I wanted to say is that it's like, yeah, it's like it's it's gotten to the point where you are we are not friends. <laughs> not not just that we're not friends because that's happened to me with a few people over Same the here. course of the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. that if someone disagrees with your position and people on the far left and people on the far right are all equally as bad for this when you get to the the edges is that they're demonizing anyone who disagrees with their beliefs and their positions Mm. as dangerous spreaders of mis and disinformation which is fucking bullshit dude (laughs) to when it's like you know when there are contentious issues where people are disagreeing and have different like wildly different beliefs about issues then like in a free and open society with mature adults Mm -hmm. we need to be able to talk about these things that we disagree with to have debates and to present the evidence and to persuade one another especially the people in the middle of all of this stuff that Mm -hmm. they don't pay deep attention like the fucking crazy people that are radicalized on both sides do 
it's like yep. the people in the middle especially need to have access to open discussions and information on both sides and debates to make up their minds their own minds their yes, own minds. of course yeah without the influence of anyone else telling you know oh man it's just ridiculous dude again like i think for me it all comes down to be a good person know how to communicate don't you know what i mean just um uh, again, the sooner, the sooner we all realize how my yeah, I did a, no. I did a number of all the fruit there. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. Uh, I got more fruits for the guests. Uh, but no, I've been in, down the same road. Just like um, you know, 10, 12 years of friendship. I don't, and honestly, it's just like oh, this it takes, and I I just think that's ridiculous. If it was a series of things that have piled up. Where like, okay, this person was a good friend at first, now they're not because of X, Y, Z, maybe you not being there for me when I really needed you. Or like, if there was like an amount of ex- like situations, I could understand that. But like, of like one or two disagreements on political things, not even just life choices or interpersonal relationship kind of stuff. We have a disagreement, and all of a sudden, bye bye 10 years, all those memories, I you know what I mean? It's 20 just plus like, years who recently essentially told me to have a nice life which is ridiculous because like come on because she doesn't agree with things that i've been posting on social media and i even like i always like some of my favorite people are the people i disagree with most and that i know (laughs) nice i know we can have disagreements and it not threaten our our friendship and we can be like just brutally honest with one another even while we're having disagreements yeah and we know that it's like we're we're allowed to have disagreements even mm. if they get like to debates yeah. and if they get intense and it doesn't mean we can't be friends. It's like part of the reason I love those relationships most is that I get to learn from somebody who thinks most differently than I think about certain things mm-hmm. and I have to get my beliefs questioned and I have to be put up against defending my position which makes me understand my position more and question my own position yeah. and to like essentially question this other person's position if I disagree with what they're saying mm-hmm. and it only makes both of us stronger and I think it actually makes the relationship stronger agreed in, in certain agreed. ways right I actually said that to a couple of my best friends I think the best kinds of friendships are the ones where like you know you're, you're great you're compatible and once in a while you have a hiccup but it makes you stronger as friends if you both are willing to understand and understand and really uh i guess willing to agree that this relationship makes me stronger and makes me more c- connect with my life a lot more those are the ones that are definitely worth keeping i've had that with a few of my best friends one of which who i've known for about 15 plus years and the last time the second last time i saw him we just kind of see in our in our faces like we have issues mm. of this thing that we're talking around. We're trying to have pleasant yeah, 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 to yeah. dinner, but I called him. There's like, like some unspoken there stuff. There is. Cause you right? can see it right there yeah. is. And then like, I called him the day before his birthday. I'm like, we got to hash it out, man. I, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to say what's on my end. And you know, just like I was, so you got to set the tone, right? Which yeah, I did. Yeah. It's just like, I'm always in your corner. I'm always someone who's going to be in your corner. I just hope you don't think I'm, a shitty person just because of where I stand on the whole thing. And sure enough, like, you know, like we had it, we had it out and we're still best friends. He's still Which one of my best friends. Like the best. It's and, like, but like, we didn't talk for like, there was a, like before all this shit happened, there's a certain way we'd like, just like banter back and forth. You know what I mean? It's the banter has definitely died down, but it's coming back. Cause we had that conversation. Yeah. 
you know? Well, and that's what's happened. You know, like I've had similar experiences with a few people over different issues over mm-hmm. the course of the last few years. And I'm always explicitly state that I would love to like, you cannot understand each other's positions based off what you're posting online on your story on Instagram or what mm-hmm. I'm posting online on my story on Instagram exactly. is a sliver into who I am, what I believe, what my position, that much, what my, what my, exactly. what my actual position is, <laughs> even though my friend may rightfully so think that I believe X, Y, Z based on what I've posted. Mm-hmm. That may be true, but it doesn't mean it's a small the, fraction. The, the depth of my understanding or what I actually think that may actually be in completely counter to those things that mm-hmm. I have posted. Yeah. If we actually had a conversation. So I always invite people, especially if they express like they don't like what I'm posting or they disagree. I'm like, let's have a call because like we understand it's because people will make up their minds immediately for like for well, days on end. Right. And, and we understand, <laughs> I think, I think many people understand very well i think the context that people understand it best mm-hmm. is that text-based communication by like texting over phone or, or communication on some app or email is if there's any conflict whatsoever even of the lowest level the the way that we read it in our head is so mm-hmm. much worse than it's actually meant of course, of course. And, and 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 so that especially rings true like when you're having sort of like conflict with an infant, like an intimate partner, yeah, a, a la like relationship ending conversations via text kind yeah. of thing, it's like every single thing you say is comes across as being so much worse than it's actually meant. Of course, because be. like you can never convey, Basically, you can never convey or grasp tonalities or no, emotion. And of so course. our brain <laughs> naturally, I think. This yeah. is an experience that I've had many, many people confirm is is the case for them as well. Is that yeah. we just sort of our brain manufactures it to come across as like more more mean spirited and condescending than yeah. it's meant to be. And so when I've had some of these interactions with people, I have said, you know, like we we can't get into any depth via texting each other on Instagram it's or, just not or text messages. Yeah. We not only can we not get into depth. Because we're disagreeing, the tone is going to be absolutely taken incorrectly. Yeah. It's better just to call and actually have And so it's like, let's have a call. Like, we can have a five-minute call Mm -hmm. that will get through more than we'll be able to text in an hour. Yeah. Right? Because everything is... With proper hearing the other person's voice. Yeah, exactly. Like, everything is energy, dude. It becomes like a buildup of shit over time that if you guys don't meet in the middle immediately right away, and I was telling this to my friend, because like, we build up, we start making up stories that we believe. And I was doing that to him, and I actually like, confessed that to him. Like, I'm like, I started making up shit. The caricature you make of the other person. And it's, you're, you're building it off of nothing and basically just like, you know, a bad feeling that you, not so much a bad feeling that you have, but it's just like, because the communication isn't being made, you're making up stories about each other. And like, Mm -hmm. to be able to tell that to your friend, like, because I haven't talked to you, I've been making up stories in my head that you're thinking about me like this. But like, once you, once you at least vocalize that, I like on the phone, I felt how much closer we got. Well, and and how, 
how wrong your story was. Exactly. How right? stupid so, I immediately felt right, for holding so on to that for, story. For, like, like, my, fuck. <laughs> for, for my friends, you know, like uh, I've had a few of these interactions. I'm always like, we should not allow disagreements to affect our friendship yeah. or be unable to talk to one another and not under the context of this terrible communication method, mm-hmm. text-based, about complicated issues that at the very least... I've had back to back and forth voice notes with some friends, which is better. That is better, Much but it's better, yeah. still not the same as having a live conversation. It's, yeah, because you're yeah. still you're still responding to each other, like, not in real time, and you're not our phones seeing are, each other. Our phones are very convenient. You know what I mean? It's not the way we're supposed to be communicating. No matter, it's convenient. No, it's causing so many issues for that reason. Yeah, right. Basically, <laughs> everyone's everyone has these issues because we have a cell phone. Basically, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm yearning for the day, honestly, when I'm, uh, I want to say old and gray. It's kind of starting already, but I'm going ha! to play baseball with my phone. I'm going to have someone, I don't see preferably my partner. I single fucking gray hair. Your hair looks <laughs> I like them jet all out. black. Oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean it's starting? Uh, I'm going to have my partner pitch me my phone. I'm going to swing it as hard as I can. I'm never getting another cell phone, man. Yeah, it's tough. Like I've, I've felt like that, but I just like recently ended up getting like a new phone and, but it's fun again. So, (laughs) so, but, but to, to, you know, to what we're saying about these, these, the way these conflicts arise Mm -hmm. and, and like you're saying, it's like, I know for a fact that I am making up a story about this person and they are making up a story, a caricature Mm -hmm. of who I am and what I believe based on this really tiny window into me and what my beliefs are based on something I'm posting on social media. Mm -hmm. And we're allowing that story and that caricature to grow to the point that some people are willing to cut off 10 plus 15 plus 20 plus year friendships mm-hmm. off of an extremely low resolution lack of yeah. data basically and i'm always like let's have a call like, yeah spare me an hour so we can get the story straight yeah and see that actually what you think you're perceiving about me is actually not accurate and, and this is actually right? this is coming to me just now i think like lots of people just don't want to be like you know feel lots of people don't want to feel stupid you know what i mean like yeah no the minute, it's huge the minute because like want to be right yeah people's egos are getting in the way like crazy that because like i've had many moments where like okay i was wrong huh and then whoever i was having the debate with at the time it's okay dude we're still friends a lot of people we're still friends you are, know what i mean it's are like, like very like incapable of doing that or yeah. they haven't developed that skill yeah. as a mature adult to like have the humility to put your ego aside to like really listen to someone that you disagree with and try to actually hear what they're saying Mm -hmm. rather than destroy the caricature that you've made up in your head of what they're saying. Exactly. And to admit that maybe you're wrong or, or to, to like not have your beliefs be so rigid about things because they're emotional because Mm -hmm. we have so much emotion attached to these things to say like, Oh, you know what? Like, I was wrong about what I was thinking about this thing or what I was thinking about you. Mm-hmm. And I like, I, I, I really like, I love having those conversations. Like I love having my, cause I know I get stuck in my ego. Mm-hmm. I know I want to be right. I know I like to be right. Mm-hmm. I know I'm fighting for my beliefs 
because I want to win. Yeah. Because there's a part of me that wants to do that, and that I'm def- I'm like trying to fight against a ghost of the the caricature and the story that I've made up about this person mm-hmm. is like it's like a ghost. It's not real. It's not a real thing, right? Yeah. And it's like only by having those conversations and the humility that to actually like to just admit you were wrong man. That's yeah just, and it's just it can be it literally can be as simple as that because i remember my transition into like you know through conversations with are you people. a they them now <laughs> <laughs> well i'm a raging lesbian i will tell you oh, that okay. <laughs> i will tell you that i much. believe you <laughs> but no this um i uh where was i going with this oh hello <laughs> she's cute my um, dog. My dog. He's not talking about a human. Well, <laughs> he just said he's, he, she, they just said they're a raging lesbian. Oh my God. That's funny. <laughs> but no, it's just, I think like, I remember my transition, like I can still remember there's like a time frame. I think it was like either like my 27th year where I was still holding on to like, no, everyone else is not stupid, but everyone else is fucked up in their head. Because we all are. Yeah, we, we are. But at the <laughs> in same different time, ways. through conversations with other friends who have been able to, to show me, like, yeah, sometimes you get things wrong and that's okay. It's like, why do you make it mean X, Y, and Z so much? Well, and for because me, people attach well, their identity yeah, to their well, beliefs. Well, not so much that for me, but at the same time, you, know, so you also grow up in, I've grown up in an environment where if I'm wrong or if I make a mistake, I get berated for it, you know what I mean, by my family and making me feel X that much more stupid and shit. Mm-hmm. So you don't really pay attention to the, how that affects you in the real wor- world or having conversations with people. But through doing, you know, uh, inner work, personal development courses like you and I have taken part in, like mm. you realize where those things come from. So like me being able to see situations where, holy shit, I've blown that out of proportion. It was, it's like, it's trapped energy of how you think something is. And then that, like I said, that little bit of a perspective change can release so much like, like just freeing feelings in you and it's just it's just um the i think it's just it's just the the being vulnerable that will really will set you free and help you move forward through like the tough conversations you need to have in life because like we're not perfect we think we know what we know but there's a whole you know like infinite universe of things we don't know and i think like the the best thing for me like going forward is to stay curious about things that I'm interested in and to know that, Hey, I can always learn something new in life. And you know what I mean? I never want to cap my intelligence and thinking, I know everything I need to know. I'm better than everyone. I don't need to know anything else. Cause that's never going to happen. I'm always going to learn new things. Um, oh, new, for you, yeah. speak for yourself. Yeah. I'm, I know everything, which is, which is I fine. Know everything. I have nothing, <laughs> which left is to fine, learn, which man. is fine, man, for people. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? I think it's just like, that should not like stop you from getting together with someone and experiencing and exchanging, like, you know, what we're here to experience, which is life. You know what I mean? It's just like so many people have cut themselves off from so many loving relationships based on what people who are not their family, who are not their friends, told them to feel about people who have an opposing view and an opposing opinion. And it's just, it's so disheartening to see because like, I mean, I've always known like to some degree, like this bullshit, this divide, these, you know, this power, this evil power has been in the world and I've been able to maneuver through it. But because all of this stuff happened within the past few years. Like I'm in the fight now. And now I have like sturdy legs. <laughs> I have my feet planted on the floor in who I am and what I'm offering to the world. And if people don't recognize or vibe with that, cool. I'm not the one missing out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's just, uh, it, I mean, just, that's for me, that's the story of my life, ladies and gentlemen. That's just the, you know, trying to restore the one 
reality I've always grown with and that I'm always been able to play and have fun with. And it's just, it's just as much there as people think it's not. And, um, you know, we get, it's the, again, it all comes back for me. The sooner we realize we're all in this together, trying to have fun, Mm -hmm. love each other, experience these new things without the external people telling us how to think and how to feel, we're going to experience and gain so many more beautiful things that life has to offer. It's all around us. It's just, if, if we choose to get angry, up, upset, it is choices we're making. You know what I mean? We may get triggered and it may be something we're like, you know, automatically stuck in, but you can choose to step out of it. Yeah. Well, we're obviously being influenced externally, mm-hmm. but we're also making choices yeah. every, every moment yeah. of every day. And, and you can make it an unch- a conscious choice to yell at someone and then later realize maybe that was a trigger and apologize. You know what I mean? You can, there's still little or things. Or stay that, stuck in being right. Exactly. Uh, having, and it was their <laughs> fault that you yelled at them because you disagreed with something they said or exactly. did or whatever. Right. There's these, these these dynamics. It's, you know, we're, we're Ben, Ben Shapiro actually like said something really good about like a student who basically called him woke. (laughs) everything <laughs> ben Shapiro's vocal. there's like no there was like a five minute clip and um he was basically saying uh i'm not gonna reiterate the whole thing but the, the answer is makes good decisions going forward which is what we all should be doing you know what i mean mm-hmm. in whatever way that looks like to you it's how we're gonna make each other better and how you're gonna make your life better and you should always be doing it for yourself before somebody else i know i've had some friends saying oh something you posted made me uncomfortable i'm like for you no for the people who i may know <laughs> it's like what you what and like, you know and, and the, something i like to use is also um the the airbag analogy in um in, on the planes you know in case of emergency what are you supposed to do when the bag comes yeah down? the oxygen mask. you put it across your face first before mm. you give it to someone else mm. and for years of doing that for other people 2023 honestly i can wholeheartedly honestly and say you mean doing others first first rather yes so this year this year 2023 is the first year in my life actually 2020 as well but in my life where i'm finally putting that oxygen mask on over myself Mm. and the freedom that's come with it because um you know i've wasted years people pleasing and trying to convince people i'm a good friend you can have man and it's just like it's not well yeah because you sacrifice yourself to put other people first you diminish your own and you diminish your own light in so many different ways by doing that and you don't need to anymore and like i know there's so many people in the world who are like me who feel like they can't do that for a split second think of put themselves first before someone else they care about it's like you need to because it's your life it's your reality yeah well and it's the like the idea like you know you got to fill your cup up to be able to pour into other people from a full cup exactly. not trying to pour into other people from a cup that's constantly empty exactly that you are it's like you have no energy for yourself mm-hmm. you have no boundaries you have no mm-hmm. time for yourself for your needs because you're too busy you know, worrying about other people and their needs and not upsetting people. Cause so much of the dynamics of everything that we're talking about is people playing out childish triggers and childish responses. Like you Mm -hmm. said, you know, you grew up in a family where if you did something wrong, you would be shouted at, you would be shouted at and you would be berated and you Mm -hmm. would be made to feel bad and wrong and you would get in trouble and people don't like so many people and and what is at the heart of so much of the conflict that we're seeing 
is those types of dynamics because those are the types of environments that literally like probably like a significant like majority portion of the population has grown up in because life is hard Mm -hmm. parenting is hard i'm not a parent but i know it is because i know how it was for my parents i know how it is for some of my friends with children i have nieces and nephews i know you know it's like yeah it's like and and you know like in, in in my case i know that the experience that i had similar to what you're saying is like the lack of a healthy communication in general but ability to discipline me as a child when i did something wrong or mm-hmm. to communicate through disagreement like i argued with my parents a lot because i wanted like logical rational reasons for why they wanted me to do something if i didn't want to do it mm-hmm. and and like stereotypically was the answer for so many people that they experienced was that the parents didn't would have the ability or the bandwidth the energy the time whatever mm-hmm. to like explain to me as a kid or whatever age i was they just kind of screamed at me like because i fucking told you to right mm-hmm. which is horrible it's because i said it right. because, because i said I, so because i fucking said so which like i did a program all about learning like about like the like childhood development and like trauma if you mm-hmm. don't get your needs met in all these different capacities and the you know trying to trying to heal as an adult from certain things that really deeply affected you as a kid. Yeah. And that was one of the things that said that like, that's one of the worst things like a parent can do is to not have the ability to, to like, communicate yeah. with your kid, whatever age they are mm-hmm. like a human being. And obviously there are, are outliers. Like some kids they are stereotypically they just ask why like a million times in a row (laughs) and and you can't, you eventually like, you can't keep giving them an answer. And you know, parents are tired. They're out of energy. They're, Mm. they're at the fucking end of their string with what it is that they're dealing with, with work and finances and relationship and life and everything. Especially new parents now, man, with all the, you know, with all the external things they are also like not so much distracted by, but like just the way of living. This is exactly what I was bringing it back to, like, you know, my parents and our grandparents. They had just the the ease that they had back then, man. It's just, it's, it's crazy. And it's, it, at the same time, it's things like that that make me grounded and just keep me humble. Like, I'm so grateful for the life that I have. We may be in a fucked up situation with our country, but at the same time, I have so much to be grateful for. And, like, when you don't pay attention to those things nearly enough, then you start nitpicking at other shit that you don't like about your life. And it's just, like... You're in the steering wheel of what you choose to consume. You know what I mean? Sorry, sorry. The driver's seat, not the steering wheel. Sorry. You're in the driver's you seat are of your life. You are with the steering the wheel. The steering wheel. <laughs> you are um, the steering and like, wheel. I mean, I, that tracks. That makes sense. I, I told, you are the steering I told, wheel, And I was man. telling this to my dad once. I'm just like, listen, like, it's just like people listen through the filter of like how they perceive it. You know what I mean? He was trying to get me on something like I said to my cousin that was... You know, he, my dad heard as rude. I'm like, well, I didn't really mean it like that. But Mm. because of like, I'm giving him my perspective that like, you heard it, not how I delivered it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It challenged him. Not how I meant it. It challenged him. And then he was still trying to defend his position. It's like, dad, no. That's that's the thing, right? (laughs) And and, and it's like, all of these Uh, dynamics are, you know, like one of the most challenging things in life about being a human being is 
communication mm-hmm. in relationship with other human beings, even with ourselves. Yeah, right? no, I've had moments like that, with, right? especially with myself. Yeah, and, for sure. And and that's one of the the biggest things is that like we're able to make. Like, Joe Rogan says it in like a funny way. Like we're able to make sounds with our vocal cords that make just weird sounds come out of our mouth that we've attached all this meaning to. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you what's happening in my brain and you can go, the sound can just go in your ear and all the meaning you have, like the shared meaning Mm -hmm. that we have attached to these sounds goes into your brain and then you're supposed to comprehend what it is that I sent. Mm -hmm. And, And often there's, like you're saying, like your dad hears something that's different because it's filtered through his own filters. Mm-hmm. That's actually not what you sent. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then yep. you're, and then he says, like, is this what you're saying? You're like, I kind of get why you think that's what I'm saying, but it's actually not what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. And but so, there's still that residue of, but I think you meant it like that. <laughs> right. Right. And that's like one, but that's uh, one of the things that like there's just there's so many breakdowns in communication where people aren't hearing what each other are saying. It's like, it's, it's hard enough to hear what someone else is actually trying to send, actually trying to say to you and comprehend it in the way that they're meaning it to be comprehended. Even if you're actively trying to listen well and understand, but with the conflicts we're having, People yeah. aren't trying to and listen I think, to understand. And I think this is the exact teachings that need to be in our school systems. Teaching kids how to understand and better control their thoughts. And just like, you know, there's there's differences between... Trying some, to fucking indoctrinate kids, VJ. Yeah, well, like, that's the, sh- <laughs> but, uh, that's the shit we should be teaching them. How to, like, list, communicate well, like your emotions. Self-control and communication yeah. and, and like, emotional regulation. Tonality, tonalities and, and everything. And just, like, know, knowing how to effectively communicate. You're not feeling, you're not feeling good or you're not feeling well or it's just and um you know just not being able to blame your parents for because you know our parents are always doing their best you know i mean they've done their best yeah yeah i don't berate my parents anymore once i grasp that understanding but like teaching kids how to like properly and effectively communicate and manage their thoughts in case like before they spiral out of control that is something that's essential for them to create the lives that they want i think that's something we should be teaching and yes not indoctrinating kids with (laughs) with the pronouns you want to teach kids about the pronouns wait till high school why do you gotta get into kindergarten kids who are just getting a grasp on life and confuse them even more Wait till high school. (laughs) I hear you. That's like a whole nother story we could get into. Let me pause for one moment. Cool. So yeah, that could be like very in-depth entire entire new conversation. (laughs) So we're going to like, we're going to, what are you like? We're going to put that on like the sidecar. But you know, you, when you, when you said something about like tonality, even it made me think like, have you ever heard how, like, I don't know if it's in Mandarin or Cantonese, one of the like, trying to learn Chinese like Mm. languages they have like some words that are the same word Uh for like five different meanings that mean something totally different I've heard of that based (laughs) on the tonality that's used obviously the what's surrounding them matters as well but some things are so like dependent on tiny like flux what what we would perceive as an outsider who's trying to learn the language or doesn't understand it or haven't learned it from like growing up i've heard like these examples that like you could like say something to like your your parent that like is like something nice Mm -hmm. or the same word with the 
tiny inflection that's different that would be something like totally opposite or oh, like, yeah, yeah, or, like something sure. that's totally like <laughs> terrible i'm like fuck like we think it's hard in english man could you imagine that people are like try to like better get ready to learn chinese because fucking china is going to take over the world as the u.s oh, empire falls no, but dude, fuck that man the day that happens won't be long and gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully. Hopefully. It's yes, unlike, fingers it, crossed. It, my, my understanding is it's uh, highly unlikely. That's why I don't want to have kids, man. Like, kids were never in my sight lane. I don't think they ever will be. It's just it was never part of my life plan. I don't know. I just never, never been. You'll, you'll, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm open to People change, it. though, and guys obviously aren't on the biological time clock. The that women are. The way so, are yeah. Like, how old are you? 32. 32. So I'm 36 and it's not until around your age that I, because I'm, I'm, I'm not on the physical limits of a biological time clock like uh-huh. a woman, Yeah. but I'm like, if I do want to have kids, mm-hmm. you can have it at any age. Really, yeah. Right? But it's like, I don't want to have a fucking infant when I'm in my 40s. Of course not. No. Who right? the fuck would it's want like, that? It's like, if I, if I Robert wanna... De Niro apparently wanted that. <laughs> he, well, he's fuck. 76 and he got someone pregnant. Al, Al Pacino. I think he might... Al Pacino just Al Pacino got did his it too, 29-year-old yeah. fucking wife or girlfriend <laughs> pregnant. And he's like... I think he's 82 or some shit. 82? Holy shit. I don't know. Here, late. let's see. Know. Do you need to take a break at all? Like, washing no, break I'm or good, I'm anything? Good. Hey, Siri. How old is Al Pacino? <laughs> 83. Holy shit, bro. So he just got his 29-year-old wife or girlfriend pregnant, apparently, at like 82. Can you fucking believe that shit, Gracie? Um, Okay, so yeah, um, if you don't need a break, there there was another open loop that is still on my mind that I want to just jump back to. As you said, all of these things are obviously related, but we're having... We're having like a lot of issues communicating with each other, not you and I right now, but mm-hmm. as people, as a community, as a society. And one of the things that you were saying it, that I, I very much agree with is like, if we're going to solve any of the issues that we have, especially the most contentious issues, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be by demonizing each other and dehumanizing mm-hmm. each other and trying to destroy the ghost character story that's untrue and inaccurate that we've constructed in our own minds of Mm -hmm. like who these other people that we're othering and and, you know putting into out groups yeah yeah yeah. and stuff like that it's like it's like the sooner we find common ground and common goals and find that actually the common ground even in the midst of differences still being present Mm -hmm. is like the only way we're going to solve problems mm-hmm. heal the divides get over the differences because we do have common ground we do have common goals and one is to not destroy our fucking society exactly. and civilization exactly and to you know have as humans tend to do mass outbreaks of violence which as things get more destabilized is more prone to happen as, yeah, we, as yeah. we see right and it's like even even if we have differences it's like we have to be able to work together on common goals despite those differences yeah. mm-hmm. in the face of those differences yeah 
and that we have to come back together. And, and the, you know, a lot of people talk about how the reason for this especially is that the people in power mm-hmm. have always used the tactic of divide the population to conquer divide them. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer in order to make us fight amongst ourselves when mm-hmm. we're ultimately we're more similar to each other compared to like... You know, the most far left person and the most far right person on the political spectrum who are in a similar income and economic and tax bracket are infinitely more alike than they are with the billionaire class. Yeah. Right. And it's the billionaire class who owns the corporations, who owns the banks, who owns the fucking governments, who corrupts the entire regulatory system that are the ones that are at the positions of wealth and power and influence who continue to make more money for themselves and to keep those places of wealth and power and influence by keeping us divided amongst ourselves and fighting each other instead of fighting the people who are actually, are essentially common enemy yeah basically right Mm -hmm. and this is like this is not a conspiracy theory this is the course of human history time Mm. and time and time again as we know it right and and so many people are fighting in the weeds about so much shit that like largely in a lot of ways doesn't matter but then in a lot of ways does Mm -hmm. that's one of the craziest things like one of the most challenging things for me is like when you're talking about like and when i'm right now talking about like We've got to come back together. Mm-hmm. We've got to see our similarities and what the common ground and common goals are and get past our differences so that we can work towards those common goals mm-hmm. so that we can thrive together or we will destroy each other if we don't do that. And if we focus on the differences, we march towards destruction and destabilization rather than stabilization yeah, exactly. and unity and yeah. and you know having a, a society that is able to be tolerant of differences it is a tough road right? ahead man but it's still just as much possible as well, it it's is, possible of but one of the most difficult parts about it is that on the one hand like we're both sort of expressing is that it's almost like we have to look past the differences and work towards the commonalities and the common humanity and the common goals but then at the same time it's like there are real problems that are really divided Mm -hmm. as far as like what's happening in some political realms what's happening in the schools with the indoctrination of ideologies of the youth that people disagree with what's happening with you know there's so many divides on on so many different issues like you know people are extremely divided about you know the overturning of roe v wade and abortion rights and now it's gone back to the states and and with gender medicine and abortion access Mm -hmm. is being is being like you know there are states that are banning stuff there are states that are signing into law to be sanctuary states like there are real issues that there are real differences that people actually have to fight about and they Mm -hmm. have to yeah you know find a way to either way still like find a way to like live with each other Mm -hmm. right yeah but what I was saying, so yeah, like we do have to come together, but we are divided and we have to like find ways to like 
actually like work those divides out as well like mm-hmm. they can't be entirely ignored of course not but like right. the way with the way we're doing it so far is not working no no it's no. just a clusterfuck of shouting it's all it is really absolute clusterfuck yeah <laughs> so one of the one of the open loops that i want to go back to especially because you said like you're not super familiar with jordan peterson so i want to like flush this out a little bit more for you and for whoever's listening who maybe they know and maybe they like Jordan Peterson and maybe they don't, maybe mm-hmm. they don't like Jordan Peterson, but for those who, especially who think they know who he is and don't like him, but are willing to still listen and consider their position, maybe ill informed yeah. or underinformed. Basically what happened that caused so much controversy with him and really blew him up into the spotlight was in 2016, the Canadian government changed the Human Rights Code to include misgendering and gendered language into the human rights In laws. 2016, this was 2016. Done. Wow. And because Jordan Peterson, especially knowing his lifetime history of being a psychology professor and a clinical psychologist and deeply studying the most horrific things that humans did to each other in Mm -hmm. the 19th or in the 20th century. So just from 1900 to 2000, Mm -hmm. the world wars, communism in China and Russia, Mm -hmm. hundred, like between a hundred to 200 million. We'll never really know because the estimates are are vast, Mm -hmm. but between one and 200 million people were murdered by their governments. And that was in the Nazi concentration camps and the Soviet Union, and it was also done through starvation, both accidental because of bad policy, mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and on purpose, right? So this is a person that cares deeply about us not going down those paths again, and he has the knowledge to understand how it's happened, at least in in a, a deeper capacity than most people, yeah, and that he. You know, some people say that he's this controversial figure that likes being in the spotlight and in mired in controversy, but he's explicitly said time and time again that he doesn't like being in conflict. He doesn't like fighting, but he knows that if you don't speak up now and say what you believe to be true and stand up for what you actually believe in and against things that you don't, that you he's like people say he's courageous he's like i'm not courageous i just know what happens down the road if i don't speak up now mm-hmm. yeah is pretty that much. it festers and it grows and the problem becomes 10 times worse and that much more likely to turn into absolute fucking chaos down the road if people let it get to there yeah basically right and so he has made the distinction that there is a difference between like he thinks and and this is like i would say that this is a a true statement that's borne out by by if you know anything about history is that like we don't have free societies without free speech if we don't if we're not able to speak publicly about what we believe to be true Mm -hmm. because censorship or fear of retribution in one way or another from either social consequences from other people or from legislated consequences from governments 
then we don't have freedom. We don't live in a free society. No, we don't. And so he thinks that that actually applies in some capacity to even hate speech laws, but that what you can't say is understandable in many contexts that it's it's acceptable. So you think of two contexts that you cannot incite hatred and spark violence towards an individual or a identifiable group of people or else that's against hate speech laws. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. like right on. Like that should be like that. And you do not have the free speech to yell fire in a crowded theater, for instance, because that will cause chaos. People stampede each other in, to death in situations like that. Oh, dude, Be- people stampede each other to death over fucking Black Friday. Or concerts. and Yeah, exactly, right? So, so there are reasonable limits to speech when it comes to hate speech laws. But the reason that he spoke out against Bill C-16, which happened to be in 2016, the change to the Human Rights Code to include... That like not using someone's preferred pronouns and preferred gender could now be determined to be hate speech against someone. The difference is that hate speech laws rightfully limit what you can't say. Like you can't say yell fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. You can't incite violence towards someone or a notify or like a, a identifiable group of people. But when you demand the use of speech, that's the opposite. Yes. And it is a a distinction that a lot of people don't understand and they think it doesn't matter. They think it's the same thing, but it's absolutely not the same thing. Which I also think is uh, at the same time. It's just like, I don't, I mean, like, you know, I'm going to, I call you by your name. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, and, but what he's saying though is. No, I get, I get what he's saying. It's just about, it's just like, I feel like a lot, I don't, this is also why I'm just don't find myself in in like uh like this topic yeah you're like i just wouldn't use the pronouns i just just no it's just like do you find yourself in situations where people are identifying you like that you know what i mean no you don't because if you only you only talk about someone as a he or she when you're talking about them in like the third person to someone else yeah exactly i don't say he to you to (laughs) refer to you or she of course not but like i think like a simple thing part of the thing why it's crazy exactly to avoid the whole to avoid the whole avoid the whole thing just use a person's name in third person you know what i mean but the problem really comes in is when governments start enacting policies that require the change of law that could limit someone's ability to utilize free speech could cause them to be fined could cause them to be in prison and then the people on the receiving end of that think they have power right but that's where people take power Mm -hmm. right and this is the kinds of things that have happened in the past that if you understand where this could lead and obviously he it has been shown that he was correct Mm. in what has happened in recent years because of these types of changes is that hate speech is one thing this is what's called compelled speech where you're being forced to say something in particular Mm -hmm. or else you risk getting some sort of like consequences if you don't yeah. and, and there's actually like we don't have i get in my understanding laws against what is this called is called compelled speech mm-hmm. it, it is something that actually there is a precedent against in like the uk but but not here basically yeah yeah and and so basically he's making that distinction and so mm. the controversy everyone is 
basically like he's a hateful, bigoted, transphobic person who is just doesn't want to he's intolerant and he doesn't want to use someone's preferred pronouns because he's evil and he's a hateful person and he's like look like i i'll use people's preferred pronouns as a courtesy most times like if a student comes to me and is genuine and says like hey i identify this way i would appreciate if you refer to me this way He's probably going to do that, but he's not going to do it because he has to by law. He's going to do it because he wants to. Well, he's going to do it because he wants to. But he's also going to do it if he feels that that person is being genuine, not if he feels that that person is abusing the law and being being vindictive to force his... Compe- yeah, like and to that, compel his and the, speech. The fact that right? he'd be willing to do it, that that should be enough. But that there yeah. is a distinction that yeah. people will and do take advantage of things like that if it becomes an opening for them to do so. Because people, some people are fucked up and they're yeah. narcissists and they'll utilize power in any way that they can. And so much of the people who are pushing these types of changes are literally critiquing all of society that it is a power struggle you yeah, know the patriarchy much. the white supremacy the the entire system is this power struggle right and so he's been painted with this brush in that really limited way where you could listen to an hour long lecture of his you could listen to him talk on a podcast for 2 or 3 hours and there will be next to nothing that has anything to do with that entire set of issues and that he clearly is not this like intolerant person but like we're saying is like people create this caricature people make this story based on mm. this extremely limited amount of information or, or evidence and then disregard the entirety yeah. of the rest of this person, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and I've I've experienced that, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's so, it's so wrong, and it's so sad in in a lot of ways. But like you're saying as well, is like you know you have to get some type of thick skin for yourself to have your own boundaries to stand up for what you yeah. believe in. There was this one video I saw of Jordan Peterson that really just solidified my impression of him. It was one who was it was a trans. It was a trans woman who transitioned into a male, then back to female. Because, and I remember, Chloe it, Cole. yeah, and I remember, I remember watching that, and you know what she said was the reason why she she went back into a woman is because she knew she was running away from something deeper, mm-hmm. and like her admitting that to someone like Jordan Peterson, I saw the transaction that happened as soon as she admitted that she was about to have a mental breakdown and cry, and what I saw in She's him. 18. And what I saw she in him, what I saw in him what I saw in him was that he caught her, like fit, like mentally and physically. She was about to break down yeah. and cry, and he let her know that I understand you, and it's not your fault that you didn't know this. Well, I think if people, more people saw what he did for that little girl, yeah, you know what I mean. They'd have a lot more of appreciation and just understanding that like they're not. It's not. They're not. He is not what they're making him out to be. The fact that no. he caught that girl, she probably he probably stopped her from committing suicide. I I personally like I've seen that interview. I, you know I, mean? I don't know like, the exact interaction within that interview that you're referencing. I that's I, I would. That's how I witnessed it, though. Right, you know right. what I mean? Just, sure. Like, he was and like, like I wouldn't like. 
personally say that, but I understand what you're saying. Probably. Especially that yeah. he certainly isn't the demon super Nazi well, that and, he's but, been and kids are to also, be. But kids are also committing suicide at that rate, too, right? At that age. Oh, yeah. yeah because well, one probably of the because things, they're not happy with themselves. One of my favorite parts of recollecting that interview in particular was that... And, like, this is coming from a place of, like, I've done a lot of therapy for myself, mm-hmm. right? And I know what therapy is and is supposed to be and he breaks that down in in many like instances on different lectures or podcasts and stuff but in this interaction with this young what's called a detransitioner yeah she transitioned and then she detransitioned which the entire you know love bombing trans activist community demonizes which is so fucking transitioners yeah and fucking like like how can you them like how can you not shit. how can you not have compassion for someone who like felt it was a wrong decision to make? Oh yeah. How do you not have compassion? Well, because there's person? all these mental gymnastics that people are doing. <laughs> mental gymnastics oh, is a good way of putting no, it's, it. No, it's it is absolutely is mental gymnastics. Like one of the reasons that people say that like don't support detransitioners, but support transition and support the pride and and trans community and stuff is the only reason they detransitioned is because of the hate that they've got from other people who hate trans people and are transphobic and their own family's lack of support and lack of support from their their own network which is just utter nonsense and the interaction that she has with jordan is he says i'm gonna tell you what should have happened in therapy with you to go to the bottom of what the actual issues were that mm-hmm. you were faced with that you're now expressing and admitting that you you detransitioned because there was other underlying issues that you were dealing with one being which she's on the autism spectrum that's mm-hmm. one of which there's actually many people who are being trans and wrapped up into this ideology is that they're somewhere on the autism spectrum and they're susceptible to black and white thinking yeah and they're susceptible to believing these things and he lays out like this is what we should have done this is what i would have done as your therapist this is what your therapist should have done this is what we learn yeah as therapists that therapists are now completely neglecting their duty to do their fucking jobs and actually give you real therapy but another reason that this is so fucked up is like the changing of the human rights law there also has been any therapeutic exploratory anything from a therapist or a doctor of any sort in the west in canada and all sorts of other western countries has been deemed to be called conversion therapy and made illegal. So the actual clinicians, doctors and (laughs) therapists have had their hands tied that if they do not simply affirm, they're, they're required by law now to affirm the gender identity and the transition and the putting them on the path to medicalization Mm -hmm. and transition of these like most vulnerable people, many of which are on the autism spectrum, many of which are doing, dealing with depression and anxiety and abuse, mental health issues, substance abuse issues, sex, a lot of them, like a a lot of them, like we're talking like in some studies, 80% of women and like 
like 90% of men or like really high numbers are actually homosexuals. Yeah. So it's like they're if 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 these doctors, if these therapists, clinicians don't affirm if they try to get to the bottom of these other issues that these people are dealing with, then by the heavy hand of law being changed, it's considered conversion therapy, which they could have their licenses removed for. Hmm. So again, like there's these really profoundly wrong and powerful mechanisms that have been put in place to sort of strong arm people to follow this ideology, even if they don't want to Hmm. basically, which is something that Jordan Peterson gets demonized as being transphobic because he's talking about how wrong that is and how bad that is. Just supposing the power, man. That's all it is. (laughs) And how many really, truly terrible social things that that can and will lead to because it has in history if you know anything about history i'll give you an example one of the things i've heard him talk about many times is that young women are susceptible to psychogenic epidemics Hmm. bulimia anorexia cutting young women when they hit puberty and they become susceptible to more negative emotion largely because they can now become they're they're likely to experience sexual and other violence from men more frequently once puberty hits because that's when men hit puberty and they're raging with testosterone and we become sexually active and viable to have children uh and all Mm -hmm. of these animalistic things start happening right so women become more susceptible to negative emotions because they have to be more perceptive of and aware of dangers around them. And a man can rape a woman and then leave. And a woman is left with the baby to gestate for nine months and then take care of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's all these like really deep biological, psychological mechanisms that are at play here that also lead to women and young girls being more susceptible to psychological, he calls it psychogenic, epidemics and we have data on this for the last 300 years we have studies we have Mm -hmm. waves of these epidemics that primarily or disproportionately affect young women they get anorexia they get bulimia they have body issues oh fuck i almost never hear the water running Ever. It's your neighbors upstairs, right? Yeah, yeah, and it happened another time when I was recording the intro. Yeah. And I was like, what even is that? Like, <laughs> I've been living here for a year and I've almost never it sounds like the sink. heard that. But it was like, it was so weird because it was like, I literally don't have conscious recognition that I ever hear the water, but it's, I'm Duh. hearing it <laughs> and it's so fucking loud for some reason. Like, but anyway, so, so it's like, and there we go again. <laughs> there we go again. We're gonna we're gonna hold out on the water. Uh, I'm gonna pause and save. Shit, it's already five thirty. Yeah, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up soon. I'll just keep going if the water goes again. Sorry, neighbors upstairs are doing something. It's all good. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, being pretty good considering but, how far we've been going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like there are biological reasons and psychological reasons, which are also based on biology, why women are subject to 
get wrapped up into psychological epidemics of a variety of sorts Mm -hmm. and that we have data showing that this is the case and that there's waves including things like multiple personality disorder or thinking they have multiple personality disorder when they don't yep yep. for the last 300 years we have we have the data on this and so one of the things he said is that if you change these laws that he fought against like both of these changes that i've mentioned with like the changes to the human rights code uh regarding pronoun use and the changes to doctors and therapists being able to actually do their job and it being considered conversion therapy, which it's absolutely not, that this absolutely will lead to young women being wrapped up into this ideology and getting trans at a disproportionate rate. He has been proven to be correct about all of these things right and yet the war still continues and yet still (laughs) there are people who slander and demonize him and ignore the reality of the evidence and the data that we have not least including that norway the uk sweden and finland have done systematic reviews of all of the evidence of the studies regarding gender medicine or the affirmative care model. And systematic reviews is the strongest, most reproducible um, evidence base to, <laughs> to make decisions for what's called evidence-based medicine. And these countries have banned these treatments for minors and or put them into only being able to be used in the context of a clinical trial, which this was being done without having happened, right? And this is all in the tail end, too, of, like, the pandemic and all the craziness that happened with, like, the racial uprising and Black Lives Matter and the lockdowns and mandates and stuff. Like, we have sort of these things that have stacked on top of one another, right? But it's, like... There, there are, there are a group of people that are absolutely and utterly denying reality in the face of the evidence that we have. And the craziest part when it comes to like Canada and the U.S. in the face of, you know, the Danish model and studies for affirmative care is where this started 20, hmm. 30 years ago. And they've pulled back. These are the most progressive countries in the world that have been pulling back because they've done systematic reviews of the evidence. But the American Academy of Pediatrics and all of these massive medical organizations and institutions, they've doubled down over here hmm. in the face of the evidence, Interesting. right? Yeah. And, and this is one of the, the craziest things about about everything that's happening in regard to like the the issue of gender politics and ideology and the fact that you know even when the studies were done in the past it was done on a different cohort a different patient population because gender dysphoria actually in the past typically it actually affected men more and it started in youth like it started mm-hmm. when they're little boys and it persisted to adulthood and the studies that were done that were used as evidence to push gender medicine on children today 
were done on those populations that were primarily men who've had it since you since childhood and were rigidly studied for other mental health issues to be able to be included in the studies in the first place Mm -hmm. and now the patient population has exploded in young women which these studies were a different patient population. So the conclusions actually can't even apply to this new patient population. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Right. But, but it, but it, it, you know, these organizations that have been pushing it, they don't give a fuck. Of about, course they don't give a about fuck. About the data, the reality, in the, grand, the evidence. In the grand scheme of things, they don't. They don't care about us. They want to hold on to their riches. That's basically, I think, Well, and it it's also just to. people get looped up into ideologies. And one of the reasons that they do is similar to everything we saw around the pandemic and the vaccines and the lockdowns and the masks and yeah, the it's trucker the, protests. It's the I'm right and you're wrong. It's I'm right and you're wrong, <laughs> uh-huh. but it's... It's that they have attached their beliefs to their identity, that, mm. which is especially true around gender identity politics, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But also that by holding X, Y, Z set of beliefs and demonizing the other side that has A, B, C set of beliefs, you have not only have these people attached their own beliefs to their own identity, but they've attached the other people's beliefs and identity vice versa to to this other group and then they latch on and they dig their heels in and this is what humans do this is how humans demonize and dehumanize an other group of people and then it's more acceptable to commit violence against them yeah and the thing with that, I think the the because like you know watching like some of these protests take place and everything because I was uh, I think the minute you lay your hand on someone, in whatever context like you're I don't care what you're fighting for it's just your side goes to shit. Nothing should ever give you the right to put your hand on someone in that manner, <laughs> especially with these with these people who go to protest and shit and they're doing that for, to themselves really, you know. <laughs> so one of the craziest things I've seen in the last year is one of the most outspoken women against gender ideology and biological men, you know, saying that they identify as women and identifying themselves into women's protected spaces. And it's not just washrooms. It's not just change rooms. It's men, biological men, people with male bodies who've gone through male puberty who have massive advantages in size and muscle distribution compared to biological women which is not fair competing in women's sports it's biological men yeah they need their own league with that shit man because they have the same exactly that's like nothing though no but exactly what you said they have the same muscle mass and the same body structure as they do when they, they have the, they have a greater and they have greater yeah. bone density and they literally have stronger bones they're dominating women's sports and it's not right, right. but and then have, there's people that are like this is literally not even happening they they just say all this stuff you could literally point to all these examples of it clearly happening like people are saying People aren't getting puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones and mastectomies under 18. It's like Chloe Cole got a double mastectomy at 15 years old. There's a woman who she's also suing now, which is this is something that's really going to be one of the only things to turn this ship around is the lawsuits are beginning. Yeah. There's a woman named like Layla Jane who was given a double mastectomy at 13 years old. That's And there's people who are activists that are like, 
it's not even happening. There's not, you know, men aren't dominating women's sports. They are identifying into it. It's like, no, there's plenty of examples. And, and one's too much. Yeah. One well, of is course too it much. Is, it's again, it's this just it comes back to being proven wrong. Nobody wants to be proven wrong, right? It's just like, and not only that, but it's, it's just, not even just being proven wrong. It's just outwardly denying reality and evidence that's clearly able to be pointed to. Yeah, and it's and the thing is, if like it, they're gonna eat each other alive at some point, if it's not already happening right now, which I think it is. <laughs> so. Worst, worst thing in the realm of where men are identifying themselves into, though, is there are like and and there you can go and look this up and see dozens. I won't, of but I'll examples. believe you. Yeah, I yeah, won't, yeah. But, I believe you. but, but <laughs> may, maybe I'll put it in the show notes. But there's count like dozens and dozens of examples of people who are convicted rapists and murderers, men, mm-hmm. because m- male violence is disproportionately the case compared yeah. to women which also is fucked because because they're they're literally identifying and getting into women's prisons and which is like clearly that's a loophole that a lot of people that aren't actually trans are going to use so they don't have to go to a women's prison or a men's prison because you know what even inmates in a men's prison they kill rapists especially like child molesters and shit man and so they're identifying into women's prisons they're getting their surgeries covered by taxpayers. Some of them don't even need to have done anything previously. No surgeries, no mm-hmm. hormones, no nothing. No no length of history of, of identifying this way. They're literally just on the intake to the prison forms. They are checking a box that says, actually, I identify as a woman. And the they're getting put into women's prisons and a bunch of these guys are convicted rapists and murderers. So that's happening. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But so, so get this though. One of the most outspoken women who she's, she's from the UK. Her name is Kelly J Keen. I believe her name is. Yeah. She also goes by the name Parker Posey. Okay. And, or, or Posey Parker, Parker Posey. I think she has been holding these events across the world across the across Europe across America going down to Australia and New Zealand called let women speak where they're literally just going into a public forum and they're just saying like hey like we don't agree with what's happening and we obviously have to have the right to free speech to speak to it and several months ago she had an event in Auckland New Zealand where it was like the the cops didn't come to be security for this event, which they're essentially like supposed to. They just kind of like didn't show up or showed up really late mm-hmm. where like the trans activists basically that got called to come and protest this event were so like such a violent mob and the cops didn't come. She luckily had her own security, but there's video of like, the security literally risked their life to get her out of this event, essentially before it even started, because the mob got so fucking rowdy and, like, broke past the barriers and shit. And, like, if they had have got their hands on her, they probably would have killed her. To shit. <laughs> and it... Yeah, the, I can see that. There's literally video... I can see that. There's video mm-hmm. of some young guy, whether he identifies as a woman or not, I, I don't know, but he 
punches some like 70 year old woman like in the fucking head and like apparently like cracked her skull or some shit and and it's like so there's like there's all this like crazy video of all this violence coming from the side that is preaching love and tolerance who are so fucking intolerant of anyone who disagrees with anything (laughs) they say yeah that like yeah like if you if you see that as one of the particularly sort of like egregious examples of this is just wild, man. But on that note, as we come to the end of our conversation here, <laughs> I'm going to pause and save uh. so we don't lose this conversation. Um, yeah, I mean... First and foremost, I want to, you know, thank you for... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> ...for being here, for coming, for having a conversation. Round two, which I will fucking 100% get out <laughs> to, the, to the public and you can listen again. It was much... The company was much better this time. Yes, Gracie <laughs> wasn't, wasn't present last time. We were at VJ's hood last time at VJ's crib. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, like... I guess one thing that I I think is present for me right now and that sometimes when I notice this with other people's podcasts, it can be annoying if like if the host is speaking more than the guest, mm-hmm. basically. And so I just want to speak to that because I obviously these things I, I've, I've spent so much time learning about these things that there's so much for me to say about them. There's so mm-hmm. much for me to express it's not that like I haven't, you haven't contributed or you haven't had the time to, to, to speak as well. But yeah, there's like, you know, you get me on a tear on some of this shit and I'll just fucking go. Well, look how, how much it's running rampant in society right now. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it is dividing us it, mm. on such a deep level that it doesn't need to be. So no, I learned a lot. I definitely learned a lot in terms of like, you know, I guess like lots of it where it stems from, <laughs> you know what I well, mean? Well, and that so. was part of like me sort of taking a bit more liberty to talk about some of the things I just spoke to mm-hmm. was especially like to lay out sort of the saga of like what's happening with Jordan Peterson in particular. Like yeah. there's a, there's a whole other saga with Tate, Andrew Tate, that like I have since listened to some really long interviews with him. So it's like that media narrative about him as well mm-hmm. is just such utter bullshit. Yeah. It's, it doesn't mean that this person is unworthy of any criticism or there's no validity to some of the stuff that's said about him, but no, but we both know that the media, the mainstream media can't be trusted, especially with like, you know, talking about people like this and shit because they, they show us what we want to see. Or what they want us to what, see. Yeah, what they, what they want, want us yeah. to see. Sorry. And, like, especially, like, yeah, just, like, now I don't even trust the news to, to depict when, uh, what, what the weather's going to be like. You know what I mean? I've, you know how many times... Have like, you ever really trusted the weather? Hell man? no. I go outside, <laughs> however it's going to be, I deal with it. You know what I mean? It's just, like, I don't watch TV nearly as much as I used to because I don't trust them anymore. That's so funny. Someone at my work just mentioned that the other day. And it's something my dad has always said my whole life is that it's, like, fuck what a job to be the weatherman or, or woman. The only job you can be wrong every day about your job and you keep your job. <laughs> and still think, and still think you're right. <laughs> but, um, as we, as we wrap up, 
Is there anything that you would like to share? Is there anything that you would like to talk about as we come to the end of our conversation? I think basically lots of what I repeated like earlier on in the podcast. It's like, I think what it comes down to the most is just be willing to listen to the other side without getting engulfed in your triggers. And if you're going to be, you know, engaging in conversation like this, know that there's an, just, there's another side and there's a different way to understand each other. I think like when we really, you know, strive to understand one another and not really, you know, just defend our positions. I feel like there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot more growth in communication mm. that can be had. And again, we're all in this life together trying to figure out who we are and what we want to experience in it. And, and like the way to ease that along is to make good decisions and to not, you know, engage in stuff that's going to sap you of your energy. Like, you know, fight and stand up for what you believe in, but find the balance, mm -hmm. which, you know, is essential in all every area, uh, every aspect of our lives is to find balance in these things. So we don't lose ourselves. We don't lose our center and we don't get lost in, you know, miscule, menial shit. You know what I mean? So, I think that's all it comes down to. I'm just, I'm glad that, um, it's in my life, I'm finally moving forward and experiencing life again as I was meant to as an mm -hmm. adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the fight and just making sure that like, you know, equality is here for everybody, you know, I'm doing that in my own way. And, uh, it's a big part of like that work is never going to be done. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just, I think it's just, it's... No, it's lifelong. It is lifelong. And it's just, it, it's a matter of how, like, you know, like choosing your battles. And, and it's lifelong yeah. for all of us. Like, yeah. we've got to live this life together. All of us. We have to live in society together. We have to live mm. with people that we have different beliefs. We have different religions. We have different spiritual practices. We have different politics. We have to yeah. live together like yeah, pretty much, you know yeah. and something that came to mind when you were just sharing is that it's like you know you just listened to me talk about something that you ultimately like didn't totally know a lot of the stuff i just talked about mm -hmm. and so I, i'm thinking sort of like you know you and me might have agreements on a lot of things that we might be talking about on certain things that we believe certain positions that we have but it's not like we agree about everything and in the context of listening to someone speak about something that you don't even actually have knowledge about or context about it's like you don't even know if you agree or not mm -hmm. until you have the conversation until you listen to the other person and now it's like you can you can go and you can learn more about it yourself or you can just digest the conversation that was just had to even come to knowing what you think about it or yeah. knowing if it mm -hmm. confirms or or challenges your beliefs mm -hmm. and it's like like we've got to have the conversations like for instance one of the people that i was sharing that you know 20 plus years of friendship and she doesn't like a lot of the things i've been posting and, I, you know, one of the last conversations that we had, I sort of, have, you know, extended that olive branch to be like, let's have a call. Let's have a real talk, because I know for a fact that what you think you're getting from me, which is partially my fault, I can own up to because this person is one of the most left leaning people that I know. So okay. when I'm posting shit that's railing against left wing 
politics and ideology. It's actually actively with her in mind because she's one of the most far left people I know. So it's not it's not surprising that she experiences the things that I'm writing yeah, yeah. as mm-hmm. being diametrically opposed to things that she believes because actually she, I have her in mind while I'm thinking about it. But that's because I know her to have a set of beliefs that is different to mine in these in these topics more than than anyone else but i'm actually having a conversation later tonight with her boyfriend who's a friend of mine who he reached out to me actually because of something else that i posted that he actually wants to have a conversation with me about because he disagrees because he disagrees with me about it yeah and i'm like awesome I'm I'm so happy to have those conversations. Let's, let's have a talk. Yeah, like, for sure. like let's not you see me post something that you disagree with or you actually have questions about yeah. and then decide that I think this and I am this because I posted this which we could have an hour conversation about actually to think what I, what do I actually think about this? Or what was my posting that actually yeah, yeah. meant to convey? Or was it just a shit post? Was it just like funny, <laughs> like, you know, and actually not even something I believe. And it's like, you know, we're going to, we're going to have a talk. Yeah. And, and he it chose, it's like, he chose to reach out to me with the prospect of having a conversation mm-hmm rather than cutting me off out of his life because now I'm this. Yeah, which is good. That's what adults do, right? <laughs> Basically, right? Which is good. And one one last uh, loop that is still open in my head is, you know, you said that, you know, this life is an adventure and it's meant to be an adventure. And that actually is one of Jordan Peterson's most repeated messages that he talks about is that like one of the things that's the the most deeply damaging thing to us as an individual and as accumulatively as a society is the lack of meaning and purpose that people have in their lives Mm -hmm. is deeply tied to the lack of having like an adventure having like knowing what your why is and going on an adventure and he he says that like you know this is a buddhist concept like nothing he says or or like shit that he just made up himself it's like studying world religion started studying philosophy studying psychology and you know, like the idea that life is suffering or that suffering is intimately tied to being a living being because mm-hmm. we know we're all going to die. So is our family and all sorts of catastrophe is going to happen is that you, you develop meaning by knowing like what is your, why, what's the adventure of your life and how can you, shoulder the suffering that comes with being a living creature Mm -hmm. and speak the truth in in the face of all the reasons to not all the fears to not all the social pressures to not and take whatever's going to come with that take on the responsibility of finding like shouldering your suffering, mm-hmm. speaking what you actually believe to be true in the face of your fears, all the fears to not. Yeah. And 
and that that's how you find the adventure of your life and you do that by taking on responsibility not quabbling about your fucking rights and that recognizing that all of your rights come with responsibility and it's by taking on responsibility this is one of the reasons that his message is like landing so well with young men Mm -hmm. is that your lack of meaning and purpose and your suffering is intimately attached to your lack of taking responsibility for yourself and your life and your adventure of your life is dependent upon speaking the truth to power and to social pressures and to whatever it might be and that that's where the meaning and the purpose is going to come from yeah. that's where the adventure is going to come from and so many of the people that are demonizing him and and left wing he he fucking rails against the left wing radicals are people that are infantilely crying about their rights and privileges. I don't think it's rights. I think it's more crying about their feelings more but, than rights. But it's, it's their feelings about their perceived wrongs against their rights. Their right to be addressed as they say, it's when still, they say... Which is still their feelings. No matter how... Yeah, no matter yeah. how mm. ridiculous it gets. And even the idea that like, oh, well, I'll be a man today and I'll be a woman tomorrow. Yeah. And you better fucking address me as I say so. Otherwise... I will use the, law, the tr- heavy hand of the law. The truth, the truth is more important. Than you know, and yeah. and it's like those are the messages, and and <laughs> it's not from just him. It's like these are messages that humans have been trying to understand and to fight over and to figure out, and for for all of human human history, all of humanity, mm-hmm. you know, the whole history of humanity, and. It's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> it's not getting any less complicated. It's got only infinitely more complicated as society has gotten, you know, there's more of us. Social media, AI's coming. We're we're in this fucking adventure together and we have to be in it together. We can't fight against one another. Yeah. On this journey. Pretty much. I guess that's where we're trying to end as time goes on, right? absolutely yeah pretty much (laughs) well actually one thing that i'm curious about is there anything like what comes to mind about like what has you most excited and optimistic about like something you've learned or like your life or something you're thinking about something you're like what what has you excited and optimistic about your life and about the future I think it's just it's over like my journey within the past uh well let's I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into the past three years of how I've lived my life in terms of just trusting my intuition and knowing just following that that like it's like kind of like that invisible field of guidance that's telling me that you're meant not so much I'm meant to do certain things but follow the beat of your own drum and um you know I like I I've seen it everywhere usually wherever I go that my presence is usually well received and when I'm meeting new strangers or when I'm reconnecting with old friends um, I think it's just leaving a piece of me in the places where I go I was at a buddy's birthday party Mm. 
yesterday, and Love I that. haven't seen these. Pe- I've like uh, I never went to his school. We all kind of like went to different schools, but we all there was a bunch of people there who knew me who I haven't seen in a long time, and just like the magnetism I can feel of me between me and them and them to me, I haven't felt that in years. Mm. So it's just put. It's more of like knowing that that's what I give to the world and putting that in into this life as much as I can and in different ways and in different situations and like that lots of that is through my own um just enjoying my my journey and just enjoying my own company and sharing Mm. that with others you know like i used to um i want to say it like yeah i guess codependent is the word like in my earlier years in high school and in you know my early to mid 20s and then once i started really just relying on myself and trusting and enjoying my own company it opened up this wide spectrum of adventure as we were just talking about just now so it's for me it's it's just um it's finding more more adventure in my life and like i there are little things that happen in my day-to-day that make me happy and it's just i think once the moment i stop paying attention to that that my life is always always has been surrounded with these little moments that bring me joy and peace and clarity it's just it's um it's it's those moments that make me feel alive and worth and makes this life worth living and experiencing and then i can magnify that and i can intensify that in any way i want to i'm just i'm just ironing out my creases as i go along you know what i mean in this in how i live my life and and um yeah that's 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 it i think it's just it's just enjoying my it's just um my existence the fact that i'm alive and able to breathe and still experience my human form um, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Cause like, cause like sometimes, like, I guess like sometimes I get lost in these void moments of like, what if it all ended right now? And like, not so much where I want to like, you know, off myself or anything, but it's yeah. just like, what if this life ended? Like, would I be content and happy with everything that I've done? I'm like, yes, I would. But at the same time, I know there's still a lot more chapters in the story of my life that I've yet to feel and to experience. You know what I mean? Oh, so, I, yeah. I know. No, totally. Like I, I've heard people say that before where it's like, like if I were to die today, mm-hmm. would I feel complete? Would I feel happy and content with like where I'm at and what I've done and who I've been. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, often when they bring that up, they're like, I think I would be, I would be, mm-hmm. or they're like, you know, very, directly like i i would be mm-hmm. you know yeah and i'm listening whenever i hear that i'm like no 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 i'm always like no not me man there's so many things uh, i want to do and so many things i feel i haven't like accomplished like in some ways i can like relate to that and then in other ways i'm like no nah, man like i you got a lot more i hope to do, man. i hope i got a lot more time left well part of it too is like i'm in i'm in debt from school and from certain programs i've taken and stuff and i'm like if I were to like get in a car accident, get hit by a car and die, like would that debt get put on to like my family or something? Cause I don't have like life insurance. Uh, so that's something that sort of like, I hope not. I think really there, I think, I the think case. there, I, 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 it could go one way or another, but I think there is an ability for that to sort of happen. Like it's like, interesting. if you don't have things set up, like there you know, on one of my credit cards, for instance, you have like a payment protection thing where if you like lose your job, mm-hmm. it'll sort of like co- cover you if you if you have something happen or if you died by accident, it'll it'll sort of just like get rid of it because yeah. you, you have that you have that set up. Same as how like if you have life insurance set up, 
you'll kind of have your, sh- have your shit covered. But yeah. I don't have... I have something like that on one of my credit cards, but I like I don't have just like a general life insurance. Although I might through my work benefits. Shit gets kind of complicated. Mm-hmm. But I've had this feeling where like one of the reasons I say no to that question, like would I be content and happy if I died right now? I'm like, I don't know. Not if like the <laughs> banks go after my mom and dad uh, for the debt I still owe. I got to get that shit fucking taken care of. Uh, but, um, you know, I do want to say... You know, we know each other because we did a leadership program, a couple leadership programs together a few years ago, and we've stayed in touch. And you've expressed that, you know, I'm one of the few people that you've remained in touch with. And mm-hmm. I've expressed the same. You're one of the few people that I've, I've remained in touch with. And, and I think what you're saying about, you know, friendship and just kind of existing and connecting with people and bringing your, yourself and your energy and, and your, your kind of like, your light into other people's lives and just existence is, you know, like I want to say that that rings true for me. That's why, Mm. you know, that's why we've stayed friends. That's why we've stayed in in contact where I, I haven't stayed in contact with many people. Mm -hmm. I'm a little, like, I feel like I don't have a lot of friends. Like, and part of the reason for that is because, you know, I'm, I'm extremely interested in ideas and, and learning about all sorts of things in my free time that it's like, you know, I've, I spent a lot of my youth hanging out with friends and drinking beers and smoking weed yeah, and yeah. partying and that's all fine and there's a place for that but I'm also like deeply interested in and concerned with the you know the big questions about life and humanity and what's going on in mm-hmm. the world and and I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming today. Yeah, to, man, I appreciate you having to me. To talk to me again and your friendship and that we've, <laughs> we've stayed in touch. And, you know, I think it's, it's hard to overstate how much loneliness and lack of friendships that people have population-wide. Mm-hmm. We know this with different studies is affecting a lot of this stuff that we're talking about yeah. as well. And so, yeah, like, I just want to, want to say, you know, my friends are few and I'm, I'm honored to count you (laughs) as one and appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for, thank you for having me, man. And likewise, it's just, um, you know, it's especially just, it's important to have friends who you can bounce, uh, this, the ideas and the mindset and just people, I think like, you know, the biggest part of why I love the friends I have so much is they're always encouraging me to grow in terms of either mm. these kinds of topics or you know sharing those perspectives that are going to like help us look at life in a different way and carry ourselves differently I think that's it's important for friends to want to care to do that for one another I think the moment that like nobody cares it's like they well, the moment you lose friends like that it's unfortunate, but at the same time, like, you know, when I have friends, like, for me, unless, like, you know, they do something really fucking stupid, like, they're in my life for life, yeah. you know what I mean? So, if, like, at, I think at some point, if, like, and it's not, like, people outgrow people all the time, and it's just, it's an unfortunate thing to do, and obviously it's no hard feelings, but at the yeah, end of the day, friends you're, and family, yeah, you're like, doing it happens. yeah, you're doing what's best for you, and, like, the friends I have in my life from here on out are always adding to my table, and I'm always looking to add to their table, too, you know what I mean? So I'm glad we got to do that for each other, and we're doing that for each other right now, so I appreciate you, too. Thank you, man. Cool, man. Well, bring it in. Yeah, bring it in. <laughs> bring it in. <laughs> hey, shush. <laughs> We're good, we're good, you're good. Thank you for protecting me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, let's go get some pizza, man. Fuck yeah.
even. Owner just died kind like, of what is this me. fucking tease, man? It was, dude, it's, it's heartbreaking. Every damn time, it's heartbreaking. I decline to answer pursuant to my Fifth Amendment, right? Really? I plead the Fifth. Really? <laughs> <laughs> this? No, no, no. Yeah, but don't click it. Oh, don't click while it. My bad. While we're talking. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> that will be on the recording. Hey. Cut it out. Do you, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think for a vast majority of like my life, I've always strived to be happy. You I want to be right. And, like, what's that? <laughs> I want to be right. Uh, no. Honestly, when I'm, uh, I want to say old and gray, it's kind of starting already, but I'm going huh. to play baseball with my phone. I'm going to have someone, I don't preferably see my partner. fucking gray hair. Your hair looks I like them jet all out. Bla- oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> like, what do you mean it's starting? Uh, I'm going to have my partner pitch me my phone. Because I know I get stuck in my ego. Mm-hmm. I know I want to be right. I know I like to be right. Mm-hmm. I know I'm fighting for my beliefs because I want to win. Yeah. Because there's a part of me that wants to do that. And that I'm def- I'm like trying to fight against a ghost of the, the caricature and the story that I've made up about this person mm-hmm. is like, it's like a ghost. It's not real. It's not a real thing. Right. Yeah. And it's like only by having those conversations and the humility that to actually like, to just admit you were wrong. And yeah. Just, and it's just, it can be, it literally can be as simple as that. Because I remember my transition into, like, you know, through conversations with Are you people. a they, them now? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a raging lesbian. I will tell you oh, that. okay. <laughs> I will tell you that I much. believe you. <laughs> She's cute. My um, dog. My dog. He's not talking about a human. Well, <laughs> he just said he's... He, she, they just said they're a raging lesbian. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> Makes good decisions going forward, which is what we all should be doing. You know what I mean? Sorry, sorry. The driver's seat, not the steering wheel. Sorry, you're in the driver's you seat of your life. You are one with the steering. The wheel. steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> you are um, the steering. And like, wheel. I, I mean, that tracks. That makes sense. I, I told you are the. Steering I told, wheel, and I was man. telling this to my dad <laughs> once. I'm just like, Dad. But no, that's no, and that's bro. the thing, right? And and. and Dude, can you fucking believe that shit, Gracie? Yeah. We do have common ground. We do have common goals. And one is to not destroy our fucking society exactly. and civilization. Exactly. Say fuck yeah once more. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like stopped recording on this. I got the first fuck yeah. But yeah. then I stopped recording and the second fuck yeah, I was like, oh, that was a better fuck yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like, it was louder. Uh, that's awesome. Fuck yeah. I know. I, uh, I I stand up abruptly sometimes. It's nothing, okay? Well, I can't even reach the seat pocket, you know? <laughs> Swatting for my copy of 12 Rules for Life by Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> if only I could reach it, then I could become a man. <laughs> I want to be like the lobster. <laughs> <laughs> I love this job, so good. <laughs>